popping. Doing Mike Show, rolling from the deals in the D.com studios. After a little extra break, Brandon is getting better and stronger. And as to the rumors that he is having hand enlargement surgery, it's <laughs> not true. <laughs> but he is, while he's there, why not? He is on the small hands floor at the hospital, but... Um, <laughs> Pediatric hands ward. They think <laughs> they think he will be able to hit a full drop soon. He will have the strength to make a full drop play, unlike the last day he was here, when of course he could barely get half the drop out. It was terrible. You call him one of those mini basketballs too. You can tell I'm joking because I feel I I don't know. I was a little just it was a little too up in the air. Like what's going on with this guy? He's too young to be in the hospital, but he he's getting better. He just had some problems and the pictures. It happens. Very. Alarming. Yes. Oh yeah, the picture did not help. Why did we? Did we put a picture up? No, no, he just sent them to us. But there is did a picture. Did he put it on social media? Because I said the same thing. I'm like, oh, he did. Somebody yeah. put it on social media. Yeah. yeah. And I think people were like, Oh my God, what's wrong? And he's fine. He's gonna be okay. Yeah. Everybody's feeling better. Why would you put that on social media? I don't know. I. Well, I'm not sure. Brandon put it up. I'm, I'm not sure who did. It might have been Marcus, but anyway. Yeah, his best be okay. his best friend. Uh, who who's in that picture on Facebook of him and his best friend? I don't know who that guy is. Oh, the but, guy that's in the bed with Brandon. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm not sure who that is. His man crush. Yeah. <laughs> but it's <laughs> that's what was cute of him to visit Brandon though on the small hands floor. <laughs> anyway, we're in the DealsInTheD.com studios. We're brought to you by Hall Financial, and in fact, um, oh man, Jim Bentley sent me. Uh, a phenomenal review to read. This is from one of our listeners. Yes, we are keeping Hall Financial busy. This is great. Uh, let's see. Please give Hall Financial your business. My story about three years ago, I thought it'd be easier to lower my interest rate with my former mortgage company. It was three months of misery. I'm 55. I get nervous dealing with change. I'm a loyal listener of the podcast. I've heard you talk about Hall Financial, how you complete a cash-out refi, in some cases, two weeks. And I dreaded going through this process again, but I figured I would give it another try. This time using Hall Financial, Jim Bentley returned my call February 21st, emailed me what he felt would be my best option. I said, let's make it happen. Jim and Tina were a constant team of support, and in the interest of time, I closed in two calendar weeks. Uh, on 2-2023, I had financial problems. Jesus fucking Christ. Are your hands too small, too? <laughs> no, I'm only juggling 80 things. <laughs> On 3-7-2023, I didn't. Just like having a mechanic and a heating and cooling, guys, I can trust. Now I have a refi mortgage team that I trust. Cool. Heartfelt thank you. So that was all good for... What's going on over here? For a fucking cord. <laughs> really got moved around. Why is the lava lamp over here now? There we go. Oh, Jim, Jim wanted to put it in Drew's eye line so he would feel better. I think the lava lamp was causing all that problem. Oh, <laughs> well, it was. It was, because the cord's right here. Is it still on? It's not on! Now it's on. Jesus. Sorry. Sorry. Racket Nesser. It's just really <laughs> dramatic. Oh, it wasn't. out Ford and Holly is jonesing to help you get a brand new Ford, all while delivering exceptional deals and a world-class experience. Look, the whole show's upside down over the small hands floor at the hospital. Lisa new loaded 2022. I hope Eli's okay. Ford F-150 Supercrew XLT 4x4 as low as $292 for just 24 months. Yes, just two years. Or at least new jammed up 22 Ford Explorer XLT four-wheel drive as low as 333 Also, just 24 months. Plus, if you tell our friends at Zot 
Uh, you don't even have to tell them. They'll just kick in 500 bucks worth of accessories at no additional charge with your new F-150. And they're also paying two grand over your appraised value when you lease or buy a new Ford Escape Edge or Explorer. But only if you know the new Drew and Mike password for Mr. Skin. I scratched that. Nobody knows that. <laughs> We're keeping Maz out at all times. Finally, Gabar and the hottest sales staff in Oakland County are still going nuts and offering 0% financing on lots of new in-stock vehicles. So check out their voluptuous inventory and dazzling deals at dealsinthed.com. Mm. And um, just one more thing, uh, Legacy Partners, they're giving phenomenal quotes on home and auto insurance. People are so happy when they make the switch, when they call Legacy at 586-209-4106. Get quoted. They can help you get into Medicare if you're at that point. That is a big hassle. And they're independent, so they shop all the carriers to find you the best deal. Call Legacy Partners, 586-209-4106. And I'll give you a second in case you don't have the Eli intro. Ready? Or do you know where it is? We don't have to have it. Brandon's tiny hands couldn't hit it, so it's... Oh, look at that. Man. There it is. Instant. Dr. Yaldo presents... Eli's come. See it my way. An Eli Zeret production. Cry every night for you. What's going on, Eli? Oh, man, there's a lot going on. Uh, I'm worried about Brandon. I, I really think we should give him a health intervention if there's such a thing. I, I'm, I'm concerned about his diet. I think he already got one. I'm concerned that he's got to stop smoking. He doesn't have to stop smoking, just stop smoking the cigarettes. He's got a wife. He's got yeah, I, healthy, I think man. we should stop talking about Brandon's health as if we are his doctors. Uh, <laughs> he is he is in the middle of an intervention, you might say. <laughs> okay, good. good. But I, I, uh, I agree. Everybody's been worried about Brandon. No way around it. And uh, I'm not I'm not worried about Michigan, which I suppose has got to be the lead story that they're they're going to be in the NIT and 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 is Jawan Howard kind of on the clock a little bit? I frankly I don't think so. Uh, they did have some bad breaks this year, though they did play awfully, and that that. Um, that last half against uh, Rutgers is the absolute. The, the stench is, is still in the air with the one of seventeen shooting and how they they lost the two games before that in um, you know in overtime that could have gotten them in the tournament. But you know, Izzo's in the tournament, and I went back the last four years. Twenty five straight years. Less four years since 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 Howard got here. Okay, so when Howard came four years ago. He has a combined record of seventy eight and forty seven. And Izzo has a combined record of 79 and 47. Yet they're in the tournament at number seven, and Michigan isn't at all. So it isn't like Howard is failing compared to other Big Ten coaches because 11 of the teams in the conference are between 12 and 8 and 9 and 11. So, you know, Michigan's out for the first time since 15. I'm real concerned about the future as, as much as now because they're going to lose three great players. Kobe Bufkin is going up the, the the chart, you know, in terms of draft boards. He's played very well. Jet Howard, his son, is probably going to be a first round pick. And Dickinson may go. Hunter Dickinson, he's oh he's please go. But he's going to have to go. And on paper, Howard's twenty twenty three class is the worst he has signed. Doesn't feature a single top seventy five recruit. So he's got to kill it in the transfer portal. And we'll see. But other than that, uh, you know, the, the, uh, well, the tournament is here. Well, but he, he inherited a really, really, really healthy program that was just getting it done year after year. And he did start off well, but it seems like the last two years, I don't know, what's he? I know he's over 500 just by five or six 19, games. Isn't yeah, 19 and 15 and 17 and 15, the last two. So he's uh, thir- and, 36 and 
30? Yeah. Not 30, very good. 36 and 30. No, no, not that good at all. But, you know, there there aren't a lot of great, and I'm not making excuses for them, there aren't a lot of great teams in college basketball. Like I said, the, the, the mediocrity is there because the good players, the best players are all in the pros. Like the kid who the Pistons may draft, one Brandon Miller of Alabama, which is an amazing story. That's the kid, obviously. Ah. And by the way, they are the number one seed. They are the number one seed in the tournament of the four number ones. Most people are picking Alabama. Uh, and, and this is what Greg Gumbel said yesterday. As you know, Miller is the kid who drove a gun to his teammate, Darius Miles, who then handed it to a friend who then killed a 23-year-old woman. Both were indicted on murder charges Friday. Alabama never released to the public that Miller was even involved until February 21st when a cop said he was there at the scene. So, you know, how do you keep that a secret? I I can't imagine. How do these schools do this? That's incredible. Well, they, they, uh, it's so stupid in the end, too, because everyone gets so pissed when they find out, not just because they found out, they go, wait a second, how can this not be made? How, why would you be keeping this from us? You, you wonder that, but it's always been that way, even from the days before social media and everything on surveillance. You know, the but police it ends up worse. Little, little, it always gets worse, little, doesn't it? They don't don't, pe- yeah, people get well, yeah, irritated because everybody, because everybody sees everything. Yeah, like the like the uh, but the, the Pistons are going to get one of the Pistons are the worst team in the league. They're fifteen and fifty three. They're either going to get Victor Juan Bayama, who would be the choice of all. They have a th- they have three teams. The three worst teams have a combined 42% chance. They got a 14% chance, but they're going to get one of the uh, top three, which will either be a guy named Scoot Henderson, Scoot. who's a G League player, or, or, or Miller, who's, who's an incredible athlete. This kid, he's a freshman. He's a, he's, he's a sick, he's a two guard with incredibly six foot nine SEC player of the year, freshman of the year. And yes, he could be a piston next year and we, and, and they'll take him. Which, which I yeah. suppose they should. After all, he just, him. yeah. Uh, listen, there's, uh, it's, <laughs> right. I mean, if he's good, he's on your team. I, I mean, I'll give him. I, I can give him kind of a pass because he's is he 19 years old. I mean, yep. people do really dumb things in college. That was. I feel like a lot of the stupidity there, though, is for the coach to act like ah, wrong place, wrong time. It's crazy. Yeah. Just a total coincidence. Yeah, or the university as a whole. And then the kid gets patted down after you know that's after it's revealed. That is unbelievable. That's that's the that's really the, that, the that's dumbest, incredible. most insensitive thing he did. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's pretty dumb on the players' part too. I gotta say, yeah. I can't believe he doesn't have more mental wherewithal than that. Well, you know, he's nineteen, and that's the only excuse you can make. We all did a lot of stupid things and believed a lot of ridiculous things. When we were nineteen. Now. Uh, there, there, I was selling Trudy beforehand. There's really three stories. That I don't want to sound racist here, but there, but there's really three big black dick stories out there, and one of them is John Morant. I cannot believe. Hey, remember we talking last week? Why is there surveillance of everything? Like when Jackson Mahomes kissed the woman, and, 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 and they're sure there's a, there's a security camera. There's a security camera. I think you showed it. You you alerted it to me. It was the New York Post had it in the in the in in the whatever the room is. Where That's he's the where he is having champagne sex. room, the private room, right? Right at at the um, what's the name of that place? The it's um, the uh, let's see the Shotgun Willies at uh, yes in Denver. 
by the way, I looked it up. Classy. And it says, w- w- one of the things is the quotes about the places where the cork and cleavage kitchen is now open daily till 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Shotgun Willie's is the perfect destination for the modern gentleman looking to blow off some steam. <laughs> or blow off whatever. Or just, but, or just get a blow job in the private room, which is there's a picture yeah. of John Morant oh. getting a blow job. Wow. Now, so what happened to stripper client confidentiality why are there pictures of him getting a blow job and also of his fifty thousand dollars in ones on the floor look the floor is about three inches deep in dollar bills i'm serious wow. by the way by the way that's not a blow job the picture you just showed it's it's actual oh, oh, uh, uh, oh. sex but but isn't that incredible though that most amazing thing about the picture is not him getting laid it's fifty thousand dollars in bills that that's entirely it covers every table and the entire carpet in this room. Fifty thousand dollars in cash. Now think about it, though. He next year, if all this blows over, he will sign a contract, a two hundred thirty million dollar contract. He will get forty million a year, and if you count the exhibition games in the playoffs, that's four hundred thousand dollars a game. Mm-hmm. So throwing fifty thousand dollars on a night out is no big deal no and this is after the washington post did a story about him threatening teenage kids he's playing ball with with a gun right what the fuck so boy he really took a lot from that lesson no he denied it completely oh it's crazy that kid's an asshole he threatened me i was just standing my ground um by the way that some of the strippers were saying that they were very nervous because morant was waving a gun around in yes. the, oh, at the, in the private room. And and not only was he waving a gun around, he shows up with a friend and two security guards. Are the security guards for us with these guys? Because <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, I don't think anybody wants to hurt Morant or any of these big stud athletes that run around with all the security, but I'm afraid of them. I'm afraid of what the stupid <laughs> shit they're going to do. But who is going to hurt them? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And what do they need a gun for? But that's Yeah, if he's thing. got two security guards, why does he need a gun? He's just so the, stupid. The, 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 the other incident was apparently his mother got into a dispute with oh, an employee God. at a shoe store, and M- Morant showed up with nine other people to protect her. So that's his posse, I guess, and wherever the hell he was. But uh, And, of course, the, 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 this, well, the second uh, black dick story is Michael Irvin, <laughs> who apparently <laughs> said really to a number woman, two. Um, number wow. two, uh, number two at the uh, Marriott, where he's there to work on the Super Bowl, Telling what's the quote that he said to the woman who's suing him? Have, Have you, you ever, ever had, had a, a big, big black, black man dick, in, dick inside? No, you? No, he said a big black man inside. He was very, he was very careful not to say <laughs> big man inside you. He's counter, <laughs> he's counter suing for a hundred million. And of course, the, the I think third he's going to lose. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the third one is a Tiger Woods ex-girlfriend Erica Herman oh, uh, filing a lawsuit for her non-disclosure <laughs> agreement and also suing him for. $30 million because of a tenant's, an oral agreement that mm-hmm. she could live in his house, valuing five more years in his house at $30 million. She's got a fat chance there. But anyway. It's, yeah, but um, why is he, why does he treat her like she's some corporate, you know, cast off like, a, uh, let's get rid of uh, Erica. How do we do that? She's been raising his kids with him for six years and he tricks her into going to the airport. Right. And right. <laughs> get her shit out of the house, change the locks, block the phone. I mean that is so yeah. brutal, right? Why not? He, he's worth over a bit. Why not give her five million dollars to go away peacefully? I, I don't know. Wouldn't, I don't. You're know. right. It's it's ridiculous. He's cheap uh, as fuck. Is one of the reasons, yeah. as we've well, learned one, before. Well, 
one of the ones that he was that he was banging uh, before the whole thing blew up uh, 13 years ago <laughs> yeah. with, with Elon was some waitress at a Perkins restaurant in Florida and said he like he like he wouldn't even give her cab fare or you know would, 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 or ask for the change. Oh <laughs> God! Oh, she should he's be grateful worst. for Tiger Woods' dick, is what he's saying there. Uh, yeah, that's what he's saying. I think he thinks that really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know the Michael Irvin story. You know, do you notice how quickly they threw out the race card that? Oh, this is like lynching a black man and blah, blah, blah. And I think the Marriott was honestly trying to just avoid all this. But because apparently this is maybe going to cost him his job, they got took a really aggressive stance. And I heard his attorney say that uh, he's he is owed an apology by the hotel. And, and then all of a sudden they go, okay, if you're going to pull this one. Well, basically he said, you know, have you ever had a big black man inside you? And he was being very forward. And then when she's asking a question. When she escaped him, he's quoted as saying, uh, she bad. You know, I want to hit that. And then he hit himself in the forehead three times and said, control yourself, Michael. Oh, my God. So, really? Wow. Sounds to me like he was just hammered. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that one's going to turn out well for him. He have two guards around him to keep him <laughs> That's a good from idea. doing stuff like that. I think he was just hammered first night at the Super Bowl. And he, because he didn't remember meeting her. Uh, That's what he said. Oh, how many people he do that? They're probably a trail of women. Well, he said, you know how many people I meet in the course of a day? (laughs) But how many in the lobby? And I guess she was, she was leaving, what was it? The dust, the dust bar or something? I don't know. And he he called her over because he thought she was hot and he immediately told her how attractive she was. Next thing you know. Oh, he said, do you, you know, are you a football fan? She said, no, no, I'm not. Well, look me up on the internet. Don't you know who I am? In a, let's move on. To How about some, having some a big black seri- man inside you? <laughs> Speaking of more serious, more serious stories. Oh, by the way, uh, did did you read what I said you drew about about uh, Aaron Rodgers? He's um, oh yeah, he's going to speak. He's going to speak at a psychedelic studies event in June, the largest psychedelic yeah. gathering in history. Cool. He hasn't been shy. He's, he's used psychedelics through the years, like mushrooms and a drug called or a, a, a substance called Ayuka Huasaka. Ayahuasca. Close enough. A South American <laughs> psychoactive <laughs> brewed drink. Traditionally used as spiritual medicine amongst the indigenous peoples of the Amazon basis. And I can't, couldn't help but think all the time. I forget what the topic was. What you were talking about doing was it a psychedelic drip? What was what? What, what did you call that, Drew? Where you were? Well, where you were uh, just talking about microdosing. Um, microdosing. That's yeah. Right, yeah. I, um, ayahuasca though makes you puke and poop at the same time for hours before you then have a spiritual awakening. That's so. right. <laughs> yeah, it's got some I mean, downsides. It's a bit of a trouble. <laughs> troublesome. This is really weird, these athletes talking about taking psychedelics and stuff. and I, I give them credit. You know, the guys like Brady and Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, they always got these squeaky clean images, and Aaron Rodgers willing to admit that uh, he likes to catch a buzz and a serious one. Um, yeah, I, I and I understand what he's saying too. I think there probably is a lot to be said for what he's talking about. But I, I don't know. Is, are they really the right spokespeople for this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I I doubt the NFL is digging it too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may be wrong. I don't know. Whatever. He he's probably going to sign with the Jets, and and that's that's something they can easily ignore. After all, he's speaking at a 
at a at a, at a conference that uh, and psychedelics are becoming a more serious discussion in, in all of medicine. So that's okay. it's about time. It's about time we can do talk talk publicly about stuff like that. So Channel Four is going to do a show on the '91 Lions, the last team to win a playoff game. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking up something and I, I'm thinking of that huh? team. And I know that. They, that Wayne Fonts had had a bunch of coaches. I think he had a he had a dozen coaches. I looked it up because I read that now Dan Campbell of the Lions' new coach hired John Fox this week. He is the twenty eighth coach on the staff. Twenty eight coaches, only forty five players. So each position has an, basically has an assistant. But here's some other coaches the Lions have: Wayne Blair, defensive quality control; Dre Thompson, minority coaching assistant. And how about this one? Advising from the next world is Mike Clark, director of sports <laughs> performance, as well as a woman named Jim Jill Costanza, director of sports science. So the game has become very sophisticated, and I never imagined that a head coach would have 28 assistants. But I don't know how 28 coaches would keep themselves busy, honestly. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of coaches. <laughs> it's a lot of coaches. It's a lot that's of cooks. Very- Oh, God. Anyway, what else is going on? Uh, so, you know, th- by the way, the, the pitch clock is just terrific. I, I was dubious at first. It has now taken away 25 minutes of dead time from every spring training game. That's dead time. So, in other words, from now on, in between pitches, you can't uh, look through your entire Twitter feed or, or do, uh, do the Sunday puzzle. Mm. That's dead, dead time where nothing happens. So the game is going to be much more interesting. Than so they were in the past. so you're liking you like it as a viewer as a fan absolutely because really? baseball is will bore you to death. I, in fact, I agree. The, you know the, the the timing now, it, and they may have to tweak it. You know, I, there are a lot of some some managers suggesting it shouldn't be just 15 seconds when there's nobody on base and 20 when there is. Make it a consistent thing. But there's also we talked about the 30 seconds between batters. We last week we were joking about Jose Ramirez who can't listen to his entire walk-up song <laughs> because it's got to be done in 30 seconds. Now, since players have to change equipment, Buck Showalter, the Mets brainy manager, is thinking of bringing his fastest bat boy on the road to make sure <laughs> that batting gloves and, 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 and heavy bats and running out the second base and getting the, you know, the sliding pad. <laughs> okay. So it's, 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 it's very it's funny. It's funny. It's good, good stuff. And how about poor Matt Ishbia? The, the the our local uh, uh uh you know mortgage king who actually surpassed Dan Gilbert who he's in many existential and and uh, uh business uh you know arguments with or fights with I I saw him uh, with Bernie did you see that I saw some of that yeah. yeah he signs he signs Kevin Durant the day after he spends four billion for the team trades away three great players and draft picks and now Durant slips on a wet spot in the layup line and the whole Phoenix now being the NBA favorites are like also Rams because they've traded their team away and their well, draft what? picks for next year. And then Durant can't play. How, how bad is he hurt? Uh, he could be out four to six weeks. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Serious stuff. Well, it was interesting. Uh, I just saw, you know, whatever they edited together with Bernie and he pretty much called, um, wait, rocket mortgages, Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert 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 pretty much called him an asshole without calling really? him an asshole. Yeah, he said because he abstained from voting for Ishbia right. as an right. owner, and he said, "Well, that just shows you what kind of a guy he is." Yeah, well, that's like, oh, well, that's they don't like each other, and and it didn't help that Ishbia's company, uh, uh, what is it, something managed um, United uh, wholesale wholesale mortgage uh, surpassed in in total revenue 
Rocket Mortgage, which had been number one in the country. Mm. Uh, Oh, last okay. last story last story I got is I really think the, the biggest sports story of 2022, if you ask me, was the whole thing between Live and the PGA Tour. How incredible it was that here you have you know the most stayed uh, you know le- less least controversial of all sports, a sport that was you know like golf, which was you know pictured as the golf uh, the sport of polite white men worldwide. Now Live is done. They're just done. They are off the radar. And this tournament over the weekend, which is the PGA's key event, which really should be a major, the Players' Championship, you know, $4.5 million, you know, the, the iconic course. The thing about the, the live is you can't manufacture a tradition. You know, the players, the, 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 that course, the, the classic tournament, live has no history. And so these guys that were missing DeChambeau, we're missing Dustin Johnson, missing Phil Mickelson, missing Cam Smith, who won the event last year and was banned from even attending it this year. Uh, and I think the PGA has won. And, you know, when you take when you when you do something just for the money, ultimately, you wind up losing. I think we've all learned that lesson in, in life when you just do it for the money, uh, you know, and not other motivations like, uh, you know, trying to accomplish something or goal setting, then, you know, you're going to wind up empty. And I think that's what's happened. I bet a lot of these guys have got buyer's remorse. It made sense for guys at the end of their career, like Ian Poulter, who has, you know, can't make much money golfing anymore, but he's got all kinds of things he's got to support. Makes sense for them. But some of these young guys that went, I think they're going to, they're really going to grow, grow to regret it. But, well, that'd be interesting. but they are getting paid, right? Right. Well, you know, think of it. And, and in fairness, the PGA is now taking care of its more valuable players by giving them some no-cut uh, tournaments next year. But think of like this kid yesterday that was in second place or, or challenging for the lead with Scheffler the whole time. Moon, uh, Moon something, Win Lee, whatever. He, he's, he, he's, he's Australian. Point is, what professional sport can you come to play? in a key event and make no money, in fact, lose money. So half the field every week in the PGA goes home with no money, and they're the best in the world. So the system, you know, needed to, you know, you know, I, can you imagine an NBA player playing on the if come? If you play well in, 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 this, uh, in the NBA finals, we'll pay you. If not, you go home. That's the, what was the basis of the sport has always been, which a lot of people said, well, that's what's great about it. it it's, it's a meritocracy, but... Um, they're changing that live kind of forced them to change just like the ABA forced the uh, NBA to change the way the USFL forced the NFL to change. But I think live has lost. It shows what money can do, right? <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't, you know, I mean, there was always the WHA, the USFL, I mean, Zonka kick and uh, Morris, remember they took all that money and yep, did they yep. regret it or was the money life changing? I hard to believe. Well, I th- but there are always guys who question. want the extra money, and then you're right. If there isn't something else to it, it probably isn't worth it in the long haul. But how do you get 28 year olds to understand the long haul or 35 year olds? Well, you know that's why the young guys stay with the PGA Tour because there's there's tradition, there's the chance to to go down in the record books, there's exposure. Whereas these guys on live now, they got their money. They got it up front, but nobody's seeing them anymore. And it's a goofy format with team team play doesn't really work for golf. So it's, it was, uh, you know, the, the, the blood money attracted them and it mm-hmm. may wind up making them irrelevant in the long run. That's all I got besides to tell you about, of course, happens every week for the last 25 years, 15 or 20 people leave Dr. Yaldo's surgical suite, all excited 
They've just gotten custom LASIK or lens implants. They're already seeing the world in ways they had only dreamed could happen. Those first moments of seeing clearly up close and far away without glasses or contacts that you were so completely dependent on can be a revelation. So some cry, some shout with joy. In either case, it's a lifestyle boost that keeps on giving day after day. So what was once a miracle now happens every day at the Al the Y Center. So why don't you do it? Be free of all of it. The contacts, the glasses, get those, uh, get rid of the reading glasses with the lens implants, a solution for everybody. So get a free evaluation, call 800-398-EYES, go to yaldowicecenter.com and say 1500 on custom LASIK by mentioning the show. All right. That's it. Get Talk the to you later, guys. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Happy birthday, Eli. Oh, yeah. Happy oh, birthday. It's his birthday. Yeah. Oh, my God. This week. Oh, I'm so turn. glad I got that shout out in. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? 52? Yeah. I have been 52. You're exactly right. Mm. You know what we should get him? Ghost Budsters. Oh, really yeah, love that. Present. Yeah. oh, I'm Absolutely. definitely into that. <laughs> well, I, I love the way the show's going the last 20 seconds. This is awesome. <laughs> Ghostbusters small batch craft cannabis. Ghostbusters is Michigan caregiver owned and operated by owners that actually work the garden and manage the operation to ensure quality. That's why Ghostbusters is one six cannabis cups. Each crop meticulously hand-trimmed by actual growers who care and are passionate about the trade, not corporate overseers. And their premium packaging ensures that the product stays fresh and you can get it at Archive in Adrian Essence in Pinconning, Greenways in Gladwin, um, Dispo, Romeo, many, many, many other places where you can obtain Ghost Budsters, which is the hottest, most delicious new thing out there. Ah, might have had a session with it yesterday. Whoa. Session. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> springtime when the flowers poke through the earth and you should be ready to shuck off your tired winter bod. Get March specials at Dr. Roche's office now, like $50 off, $500, that is, off breast augmentation or breast lifts with skin tight. Liposuction, get one area of lipo complimentary when you schedule your liposuction surgery at Dr. Roche's office. And 250 off the mighty emerald laser. Schedule a St. Patrick's Day package of sessions under the fat-blasting, non-invasive laser. Schedule a consult for any of these things or anything else that you want to ask Dr. Roche about in a consultation at 248-338-1110. And uh, say hi to Tracy... Jenny, everybody else there. All these shout-outs is great. Running the show. Now they actually keep that place going. They're uh, quite efficient. Um, And Andiamo's showroom, where the real story is going to go down with White Boy Rick. It's hosted by Charlie Lidoff in a one-on-one, no-holds-barred interview, live at the Andiamo Celebrity Showroom in Warren, Saturday, March 18th. Uh, White Boy Rick is going to be telling the story of his life before, during, and after. Prison audience uh, members can ask questions then during the evening. Tickets are on sale at andiamoshowroom.com. Call them at 586-268-3200. Hey, they actually answer the phone there, which is unlike most places. And um, Yeah, they want to sell tickets. VIP meet and greet packages are also available. You don't want to miss the real story. White Boy Rick, one-on-one with Charlie Lidoff and the Andiamo Showroom. Saturday, March 18th, that's this Saturday. Oh, my God. I almost lost it watching well, the Oscars well, last night. Well, oh. <laughs> there was a live-action short film one. Yeah. And this guy gave a speech, which for live-action short film, any speech is too long. Yeah. Almost any Absolutely. speech. Absolutely. Yeah. And then they said, oh, and there's just one more important thing. It's his birthday, one of the oh, that's winners. Right. And they sang Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to someone on stage at the Oscars. Oh, so cringy. Oh. So cringy. Does anyone know what the TV ratings for that show were last night? 
think they were just so low. Usually that- they've got overnights, though. I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm always curious. It, it sucked ass in a lot of I, places. I don't know but- that in terms of the new world where, you know, literally half the world just doesn't care at all. In fact, I don't think our audience watches the Oscars one no, bit. Hardly at all. And, and I didn't even tweet anything last night because last time I tweeted about an award show, people were like, nobody cares, nobody cares. I mean, that's all that people respond. <laughs> nobody even sees what I'm seeing. So um, anyway, nothing on the ratings yet? Not, not that I've seen, no. Okay. Uh, the In Memoriam, though, with uh, Lenny Kravitz, that was powerful. Oh, because Lenny Kravitz was... By the way, Lenny Kravitz is the last person I expected to be doing his thing during the in memoriam but he was good yeah, was uh, i thought jimmy kimmel that was the best joke he had all night was that they had a 1-900 poll to see um if they should include robert blake in <laughs> <memoriam>. <laughs> and he didn't funny. make it no he didn't that was actually forced forced watching because you had to watch through in memoriam to see whether robert blake made it and he didn't hey all these radio concepts being used by jimmy kimmel a radio guy and then at the end of the show he walked over to the board and put the the thing on one year without an incident. Well, they had zero years, <laughs> oh, one right, year, yeah. and he put it on one year. So that was funny. There were a couple other funny things, but yeah. generally speaking, and I include Jimmy Kimmel in this, I can't believe the self-importance just overwhelmed me. Yeah. And usually they they usually are that way, but there were so many times last night, you know, um, did you happen to catch the guy, okay, everywhere, everything, all at once, won everything. Yeah, yeah. And... I have a list of, they ranked the top 95 Oscar-winning movies, including that movie. Uh-huh. And I got to tell you, looking through that list, there's almost no blockbusters in that list. There's almost no movie that a lot of people <laughs> watch. I mean, there's a few. There are a few that people really love. But there's so many movies, especially in recent years, where you go, huh? No, I've never seen any of those movies. I saw everything everywhere at once. I mean, whatever it is. I think um, it's a good I've movie. Seen that? I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, I liked it. I, I didn't think it was that great. I didn't see any of the other ones though. Well, like um, Living with Bill Nye. I did what, see the Living. Even a Bart. What I watched the Living. Uh, it's a drama. It's probably very boring to most people. <laughs> but but honestly, at my age, uh, I found it really interesting. I like Bill Nye. Is it Bill Nye? Yeah, I think it's Bill Nye. I, I like him a lot. I mean, yeah. I, I love him in uh, almost anything he's in. I think he's a really good actor. How, how can that be the first sci-fi film to win Best Picture, though? That blows my mind, that Everything Everywhere All at Once is the first science fiction oh, movie. To yeah. win, I mean, I love sci-fi. I'm just surprised yeah, yeah, that that too. was the first one. That is surprising. Hmm. I, oh, that's wait. What about... I, I, Drew, I was oh, I, everyone I'm thinking of is probably didn't win. No, yeah, didn't exactly. even get close. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the whole list here. That is that is surprising. Yeah, well, well comedies never win. Comedies never win because they have this little tiny niche... That you have to, I mean, and now you have to, you have to check so many boxes, and that movie checked a million boxes. And look at the people on stage winning. I won an Oscar! Oh my God, the American dream is alive! It was a little, I found it a little <laughs> off, too much, a little off-putting. Yeah, but that's acting. And Jamie Lee Curtis, we won, we all won. All of you who supported me and watched my movies and the series and everyone, we all won. It's like, no, you won. I didn't get a trophy. And I like trophies. I would like to get a trophy if we all won. We didn't get a trophy. We didn't win. You won. Her parents won, too. They were nominated. I know. I love that she rubbed it in her parents' face. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Oh, you know who else had rubbed in her face? Did you see Angela Bassett? No, yeah. When they have the five nominees. Oh, yeah. 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 Of course, when the winners announce, the normal normal thing to do is just go, oh, yeah, that's great. I'm so happy. Angela Bassett just 
she looked. She's pissed. Steam was coming out really? of her. Really? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was pretty apparent. Wow. I mean, I don't know what was going through her head, but she sure didn't look happy. And she was supposed to win. And this supposed to business is driving me crazy. You know, Anne Riseborough, right. the one who was nominated because a bunch of people said, oh my God, this is an incredible performance. Nobody's seen this movie. It has no budget whatsoever. It wasn't promoted, but this is a great movie. I can't even think of the name of it. Mark Maron was really good in it, too. And I watched uh, it. To, to Leslie? Yeah. yeah. It's a drama, oh, like right, The Living. Yeah. I mean, I tend to like dramas, which is why I, I don't tell, I don't say, go watch this movie. It's so good because I know most people do not like dramas. Sure, yeah. We love superhero movies. But um, <laughs> We're shallow. She was fantastic in the movie, but this whole narrative started that because she's nominated, she snubbed these two African-American actresses who were supposed to be nominated. No, not Kate Blanchett. She didn't snub them. She's supposed to be nominated. What, what do you mean, supposed to be nominated? Oh. You're supposed to be nominated, you get nominated. Lila! Well, what? What's she doing? Anytime the garbage is full, she will go after it. <laughs> and the garbage is pretty full over there. Yeah. Oh, Lila. Um. Now, I, th by the way, did you guys see the video of the guy who tried to dump his dog in the woods? No. Yeah. And oh, got yeah. in his car and floored it off as the dog chased the car? Aww. Yeah, and apparently, this is the wild thing about it, apparently that spot is known for dogs being dropped off. What? So oh, much man. so, they put a camera there. And as the guy was stealing the dog, someone could see like a ring cam and go, hey, don't do that to that dog. Take that dog. Like yelling at them. So this guy knows he's on camera and still peels out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that Aww. was so, oh, I was crushed. I held my clothes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, uh, the guy from Everywhere, Everything, All at Once, the director, the two directors or whatever. The Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, the co. <laughs> that anyway, was he, cute, He too. gave a speech about how everyone has genius inside of them. You just need someone to unlock it like they did for me. Like, I, uh, oh, I see. You so say. you're a genius. So you are a genius. It was unlocked. Congratulations. And now we're just waiting for someone to unlock all the genius. I thought a genius was pretty much a genius. Yeah. No, I People I, to I, unlock so too. it. Right. But yeah, there was that, and dreams do come true, and yeah, for you, movies make us fall up. I know that's the thing. These, I mean, these, there's a lot of people that try to make movies or be actors that you know what don't win an award. These people win, and then all of a sudden they have the how-to of here's how I did it. Follow your dreams. Put one step in front of the other to get to where you want to go. Meanwhile, every Frazier. aspiring actor is going. Oh, why won't anyone give me an award? <laughs> This is the American dream, and Gaga says, you can be your own hero if you feel broken inside. Oh, she comes out with a new one every year. What does that even mean? <laughs> Movie makers are so brave. And the other guy, the same guy who said his genius was unlocked, said that he's so sorry that movies aren't keeping pace with the chaos in our world now and providing us the safe space we need. And he's oh, trying, trying to keep up, but it's really hard. We need space to do a better job telling these stories. <laughs> oh, it's just awful. I, that's why I was curious about the ratings, because it was just, it was... Yeah, it was... I was untenable. I couldn't stand it. The New York Times actually ripped it. I know, the New York I know, Times I know. ripped the Oscars. Yeah, I was, <laughs> was watching... You know, they were doing the sort of Twitter version of just, like, updating comments the entire time and talking about what a... Well, that one song that they did, the salute to Diane Warren, was this like a singing, someone singing a greeting card and just some oh, really... 
Okay, oh. Diane Warren. Mm, mm-hmm. The song, I think the song is called R R R. Won the Oscar for original songs. R R R. I guess. Yeah. They, they, it was a bunch of crazy dancing, very penis softening. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> they yeah, demonstrated yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Uh, this incredibly penis softening dance, but it was impressive. I mean, I, I thought you know if if it were I were the target audience, that might be a cool song to me. I didn't think it was terribly bad, but it won, and so the guy gets up there and sings. The Carpenters song, Top mm. of the World, because he said, I grew up like I grew up like in the Carpenters, which is the last thing you were expecting this guy to say. I think he was from India. <laughs> right. And um, anyway, I was so glad he won because I don't know why. This is about half the Oscars for me is I just didn't want Diane Warren to win. Because at the beginning of the show, they said, Maybe we should maybe we should watch this just to see if it's as awkward as I thought it was. Mm. I thought it was really did you guys see when she sang, when she played? Yeah. No. Okay. Jimmy Kimmel, you know, 14-time Grammy nominee Diane Warren and so-and-so are going to do the song. And so, and Diane Warren wrote the song, of course, so she's nominated. Right. So the girl starts to sing the song, and then she, she walks toward the crowd. She turns to the piano and says, 14-time Grammy winner Diane Warren. Like, no. Oh, is that in the song lyrics? I, I really doesn't seem kind of awkward yeah, yeah. to say that in the middle of a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that? And at that point, I was like, okay, I don't want Diane Warren to win. I mean, it was really silly, but... <laughs> And then Rihanna sang, and I think she was, was she really singing? I think she was. I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't honestly hard, find it hard to believe anyone is singing anything anymore, but she's very pregnant. She's wearing this sort of see-through outfit, which was fine. Who cares? She's really pregnant. Mm-hmm. But um, for some reason, and I'm kind of pissed about this, she didn't do the ass-scratching, groin-rubbing, sniffing, and making a face thing at the Oscars. What, is the Oscars too good for that? <laughs> So, in other words, us Super Bowl Philistines, that's fine. But for the Oscars, you don't do that? Um, I don't know. Dee translated that, that she was getting back at guys in some way by doing that. So Getting maybe back at be- guys? Because the male audience is, is predominant at the Super Bowl. Maybe that was the reason why you guys... I don't think guys cared. I mean, the, that was weird. But <laughs> is that really that the, upsetting? The, the slip and whip with... I think the people that were upset were the the really conserv, extremely conservative uh-huh. family. You know, the people who are super religious. Yeah, it, it, who, it's, it's some sort of code to somebody who was who she was sort I of see. designating that for. But they they aren't watching the Oscars apparently. No. Okay. Right. Well, but, that was nice of her. Well, she couldn't really do that in that crowd. Why? Well, then why can't you do it for the pro football crowd? I don't know. Why is the Oscars so fucking special? <laughs> the Super Bowl has. Ten times the audience. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it does. Why would you do that in front of 118 million, but you won't do it in front of, I don't know, 10 million? Everybody's dressed up in their they, finery. I think they did 12 million last year, which was uh, way 16. up before. 16? Yeah. Wow. Well, we're getting back to normal, pretty much. So, uh, I mean, that's no, that, still that really low. That had the slap, so I'm sure it probably picked up 4 million on Monday and Tuesday. They, they oh, have yeah. About, they have about three days to register. That probably helped. Wait, did 16 million last year, are you saying? Yes. Wow, that's, yeah, that was, oh, okay. So all these people that streamed it, yeah, I the, get it. The, yeah. Um, Brendan Fraser, can, can you bring up Brendan Fraser's speech? First of all, you're going to need to drop, why, isn't we, why is he breathing so hard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his, he, he I think I'm a couple hours sweaty behind. Sweaty or weird. Well, I'll put it up on YouTube so we can play it. Yeah. I, I watched. I saw the movie over the weekend, The Whale. 
Did you? Yes. Okay. That's, an, that's another one where movies are so important. Remember when Alex Baldwin said with a straight face that often when people are dying, they think of a movie scene. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the most self-important, ridiculous... God, Halle Berry looked great, didn't she? Yeah, she did, but she said that hair thing was weird. I like that. It, oh, you did? I did. Like the hair on her face? Yeah, I like that. I thought oh, she, she looked great. She does look good. And Jessica Chastain looks pretty darn good, too. Although, is that really dark red lipstick or something? She always wears that, though. She's very fair-skinned. Crazy about that. Pops, yeah. That's not popping for me. (laughs) But she's still really pretty. So there's Brendan. Oh, he hugs, um... What's his name? Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Who got shut out. Their movie got shut out last night. Inishirin. Banshees of Banshees of Inishirin. Okay, so I knew this was going to be so dramatic. (laughs) <laughs> and he did not disappoint. So this is what the multiverse looks like. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. What? My goodness! <laughs> what? Does that mean? Um, I thank the Academy for this honor and for our studio A24 for making such a bold film. And I'm grateful to Darren Aronofsky for throwing me a creative lifeline and hauling uh, me aboard okay. the good Don't ship forget the, the empathy fountain. That was written by Samuel D. Hunter, who is our lighthouse. That's the empathy fountain. Now he's a lighthouse. Gentlemen, you laid your whale-sized hearts oh my there God. so that we could see into you your a, souls. Do you borrow Biden's writers for this? <laughs> it's all these it maritime references. Named alongside you in this category. Why are you breathing so hard? <laughs> I <laughs> want to tell you that it's like only whales the characters yeah. by breathing the hard. Of the talent of Hong Chow. What? And it's the actress who was in the movie. I, um, started in this business 30 years ago, and things didn't come easily to me, but there, there was a facility that I didn't... I, it's hard to hear him. Uh, I didn't appreciate at the time until it stopped. And... I just want to say thank you for this acknowledgement because it couldn't be done without my God. cast. It's it's been like it's been like I've been on a diving expedition on the bottom of the oh, ocean and up. the air on the line to the surface is on a launch being watched over no, it's not like that. by some people in my it's life. It's not like that. Like my sons Holden and Leland huh. and Griffin. Holden, I love you, Griffin. Leland and Griffin. My manager Joanne Colonna. <laughs> Jennifer Plant. Self-important much? Oh. And my best first mate, Jeannie. First mate. Huh. Thank you again, each one Wait, and all. Who's your buoy? Who's your anchor? I'm so grateful to you. Good night. No, no I, buoy or anchor references? It, it was. <laughs> Come on. You hit them almost all. But why, why? That was so trite. Was so stupid. I, I thought his last one was <laughs> the last two he won. Because in both of them, he did say a few of the same things. You just need to put one foot forward to get to where you need to go. Oh, God, yeah. You're my lighthouse. The empathy fountain. You know, it wasn't really even about, um, like, the ocean, right? The whale was a euphemism no. for how big he was. Yeah, so he, was why? A, he was huge. <laughs> why? Really huge. And, and the, I got to tell you, I, I, I'm not, I can't recommend that movie. Have either of you seen The Whale? No. 
Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. It's really depressing. I can't. I don't want to look at a sweaty, fat Brent, Brendan Fraser for two hours. And a coughing Brendan Fraser and a puking Brendan Fraser. Really? Just a gross Brendan Fraser. He's so gross the whole movie. It's like they just thought, who'd be the grossest person? If we took all of Hollywood and put like 400 pounds on each person, who would be the grossest? Brendan Fraser! <laughs> That's it! Encino Man. He has just become so self-important since the days of Encino Man and yeah. the clap. Yeah. He seemed pretty normal back in the clap days. Do you think he could give a stupid speech like that? Uh, no. I mean, I think he's going to be trouble now, too, just because he is so self-important. Yeah, that guy, whoever stick his finger in his ass at the Golden Globes, <laughs> we're, that guy is going down. <laughs> oh. Um, as far as, uh, let's see, you know, outfits and stuff, which I don't pay a ton of attention to, but I mean, I noticed a few things. Halle Berry looked incredible. Did you guys, did anybody see Florence Pugh? Yeah. I thought she looked terrible. Oh. I mean, I think she's beautiful. I thought somebody like fucked with her and gave her a stupid haircut oh, that and a hair, stupid yeah. outfit. That hair was really dumb. <laughs> she had an outfit that was like open and you could see like black shorts underneath. I don't know. It was yeah. just weird. And then her hair looked ridiculous. She looked so much better in the movie. Yeah. She, she was did. in the yeah. movie. Um, don't worry, darling. Yeah. And, and I thought, I rather enjoyed that movie, and a lot of people thought it was really dumb. I, I thought it was movie. fun to watch. I and I thought she was really good, and I thought she was really, I thought she was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Did you like Janet Yang's outfit? Who's Janet Yang? She was wearing the giant silver robe that looked like um, one of the aliens from Star Trek. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> wearing it. Somebody also had a giant veil on their head, and they were sitting in the crowd. I'm like, how can anyone see behind this person? I know, it doesn't matter. Um... <laughs> I hate to say this, but I will. Sarah Don't wear Polly, that outfit again. Sarah Polly, it seems like everything's getting a little big. Oh, I mean, really? If OJ were looking at her in the mirror, I think he would say, <laughs> everything looks a little big. Did you see her? She's wearing a tuxedo. Oh, I she did see that. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she look... Because she, uh, she used to be a real svelte, real kind of tiny, yeah. real thin. Everything is... Everything has really gotten bigger. I would say. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, it's weird because I saw Mindy Kaling was wearing this really see-through outfit. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's that outfit. She looks really wide to me. She's lost a ton of weight. That's Well, I immediately yeah, looked it has. up like Mindy Kaling, weight gain. Because Did she put on some weight or something? She had a couple babies. <laughs> it said that she just lost 40 pounds. And I'm going, she looks really wide. What's going on? <laughs> I think maybe it was an optical illusion that her designer should have taken care of. I feel like some of those dressmakers are making fun of people. I, I would agree. I have to agree. Angela Bassett looked really beautiful. Yeah, she looked good. For she having, did. You know, like been pissed off. And for looking so beautiful. pissed, she looked beautiful even when she's pissed. Yeah. Um, oh, Melissa McCarthy had a dress that went out like 10 feet on each side. Yeah. And I was like, is that to create the optical illusion that she's not gigundous? It's like, oh my God, that dress is so big, I can't even tell that she's big. It was a really unflattering dress, too. I thought so. It's kind of Little House on the Prairie style, in a way. I I mean, I'm never a fan of that kind of dress. Mm -mm. I mean, whoever they're trying to impress, it's not me. Let's let it out, girl. Come on. Um, The biggest applause of the night? This just kind of gives you an idea of what what the Oscars are like. Oh, oh, did you... um, did you forget Eva Longoria? Oh, Eva Longoria? Yeah, I did. I didn't even see her. 
Did she present? She was next to Janet Yang in the giant silver dress, and so oh. she's standing there, and there's a lot of boob. Shall you know, I? side boob. If nice. if you, I could swear. You're ridiculous. Get I, rid of them. Why don't you? You know what? I saw her, and I didn't recognize oh, her. You didn't? Does, it, does it look like her boobs have lost weight? It kind of, yeah, it kind of does. Because her yeah. boobs were just ridiculously big, and they look kind of like normal, just regular big. Yeah. Did she get yeah, a reduction or something? Maybe. I don't know. That dress isn't super flattering, but... Yeah, I'm not a crazy fan. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan. But um, the biggest applause, there were a couple things. There was one Jimmy Kimmel's joke about you can turn 44,000 hours of a violent insurrection and make it look like a tour of the Capitol. That got a <laughs> roaring applause. And then the other one was the guy from Everything Everywhere All at Once who said his parents didn't shame him when he was making horror films and when he's dressing like drag, which there's nothing wrong with. And as soon as he said, which there's nothing wrong with, right. the crowd just roared. So those were the, the two biggest winning uh, comments of the night, I would say. Mm. And then... Um, oh, yeah, the genius guy. Oh, there are two people that were cut off, too. Brutal! Oh, I just know, I brutal! That. Oh, my God, was that bloody? I don't want to think my fat... Oh, was that Mid horrible? Family word. Yeah, it was one of the smaller awards earlier in yeah, the night. Yeah. And oh, that is just so horrible. You know, there's certain people they would never do that to. Brent Fraser, and they should have. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they could have done it to a lot of those people. At least let him finish the sentence. But, but no. I, I just couldn't help wondering after the fact, like, did they go, okay, you go up and talk. Don't take too long, because I'm going to go up and I'm going to say a few things, too. And then the first guy talked a little too long. Uh -huh. And then by the time she got up there, it was like, say ya! And they just <laughs> cut that microphone out. And it was like brass, too. It was like... I mean, there was no way you could talk over that. And then it happened again later in the show. Yeah, that was the awkward. Second person. <laughs> that was super and awkward. Didn't the audience gasp? I think they might have. <laughs> but the horns were drowning it out. Yes, the horns were loud. It was it reminded me of Martin Landau. Yeah. So no. Kathy C, Chris Gallagher. Is this it? Uh, Michelle Bougie in the shop. <laughs> the entire sure, makeup team. Our director, Darren Aronofsky, who pushed us to new heights. Yeah, yeah. Thank okay, you. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's so great. Our amazing actor, Brandon Fraser over there. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Our producer, the studio, A24, and the Academy. Thank There's you two so people much. waiting to speak. Thank you, Darren. Oh! 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, see that again. Oh, God. Oh, is that brutal? And he's walking off just like, like he just uh, <laughs> cat ate the canary. <laughs> he looks delighted. I got mine out. Oh! 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 Oh, my God, the horns almost blew oh, off the stage. Ooh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Look how happy he is. Oh, he looks so delighted. <laughs> and the other lady's like, oh, I'm glad it didn't happen to me because I didn't even get up there. Brandon Fraser over there. <laughs> oh, my Thank God, you. was that brutal? That's so rude. <laughs> Our producer, the studio, A24, and I mean, the Academy. Thank you so much. Just fucking tell them. Thank you, Darren. You tell them. <laughs> Why don't they tell them? Go, look, only one of you is getting to talk. So second person, yeah, you're getting you're blown right. off the fucking stage. All right, don't even Why? lean in. 
I mean, isn't it arbitrary? Because there were other stuff where two or three sound editors talk. It is. Yeah, it was really very arbitrary. Do you remember what your word the second one was? I think I wrote it down. Let me see. Hold on. Uh, oh, my fucking God, is that funny? Was it, a, was it a guy? The second one was a guy, right? kind of think so. Yeah. Oh, Harrison Ford. Movies can transform your life. See, I didn't, I didn't even see Harrison Ford. He gave away Best Picture. Oh, did he? He was the last presenter oh. of the night. <laughs> oh, you know what else? When... Michelle Yeoh won Best Actress. Uh-huh. Michelle Williams was also nominated. Oh, that's so right. How bummed do you think she was when they said, Don't worry. Michelle! Uh <laughs> oh. Yeah. Ouch. Yo, not Williams. Uh, I know I wrote that down somewhere. Tom Cruise not there. And uh James Cameron not there. Big night for Why? Them both, but they did they just on. know they were gonna lose? I guess they would because the blockbuster, the biggest movie, the movie everyone loves, never wins. So they cannot show up where they know they're going to lose. I guess not. I mean, they had no chance. They had literally no shot to win, right? I guess. I mean, am I wrong? That's a good move, though. Seriously, is it this guy? It might be. Two people here. (laughs) (laughs) JJ and Hannah. I think the curly-haired guy talked actually. Amazing cast and over a hundred. I'm pretty sure he did. And. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be brief. Now, if I'm the dark-haired lady that got blown off, why the fuck is he talking? <laughs> why does she just go up and go to the mic right now? Um, I get you going to that Oscar thing, and I said, yeah. And uh, I said, I think I'll need help with um, my clothes. And she said, you will. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's a recurring theme with clothing in myself. stupid speech, too. It made no sense. Why is that story important? Said, you know, Charlie, I think it takes a lot of courage to make a film. Okay. And I think when you go there, uh, Mark, I have 225 Avatar blown off stage. Oh, yeah. It's right after Mindy uh, Kaling. Avatar must have won something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Good. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I. Stupid haircut, by the way, that guy. <laughs> on every frame of this movie. Honestly, I'm Which guy's going to get blown off? I think it's you. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that dude right there. Who looks like he's got the world by the tail at this moment. A very, very large crew. I'd like to thank the lab in LA. The this lab guy is so comfortable. Crew, He's just telling his life fucking story up there. Where the effects? This guy, he uh-huh. can't wait to get up there. He's like 50 years older than the guy talking. So. Are you still talking? Last shot. It's his last shot. <laughs> last shot. He's never winning again. He's too old. <laughs> Amazingly talented supervisor that we have. Our VFX, style on the shoulder. It's a visual effects award. Shut up. And we need to thank our families. Oh! Oh! didn't even show them on camera, too. Camera cut away. Oh, fuck. Wow. So great. Mike Clark would be laughing so hard. We need to thank our families. Mike loves this. Everybody in the audience is all bummed. Hey, we need to wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> why do they? Why do they pick that guy? I, in some ways, uh, he's got like twelve team, breaths left in Joe his life. Lead the artists and <laughs> it's time for us to go. The, the amazingly talented. Can we go to the beginning of this guy? I just want to see how long he was blubbering. How much he hogged the mic? Yeah. Oh, so long. You fucking dick. And the really tall dude with the weird fade next to him just just stood there like whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this fucking movie. <laughs> I want to see this guy coming off stage if he's as cocky as the other Are guy. Are we done here? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
to, again. To James Cameron or Jim Cameron, whose thumbprint, artistic thumbprint, is on thumbprint. every frame of this movie. Honestly, and John Landau, who is the uh, the engine who drove us forward. Like, oh God, these fucking uh, uh, anecdotes. We accept these awards on behalf of a very, very large crew. We'd like to thank the lab in LA, the lab and the stage crew, both uh, LA and, and New right Zealand. And, uh, oh, that's all. They're 2,000 strong in some ways. Uh, Lena with the production team, Joe leading the artists, and they Army have 45, of so uh, the he knows that. Amazingly talented supervisor that we have. Our VFX. Style. When are you going to be done talking? Our performances are everything. And yeah. we need to thank our families. <laughs> 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 45. And that's all you're supposed to all get. Four, yeah. That's what you're supposed to get. <laughs> oh, that is unfortunate. I happen to know before he was cut off, uh, the Avatar visual uh, team asked me to announce that if anyone's interested, the visual effects after party is at CGI Fridays. Nah. <laughs> Corny. Oh, that, is, that is unfortunate. Oh, is that sarcastic? <laughs> do, they, do they do that? They just get, you know, we've got to cut a couple people off during the show. Yeah. Just make it totally random, because that guy with the curly hair, I'm talking about his right. getting to, fuck you. It's just like a wandering conversation. They just let him go oh. on and on. Oh, that's brutal. Oh. oh, my God. But fun. Exciting at the same time. I mean, that's kind of like people falling off a ride at an amusement park. Yeah. It needs to happen once in a while. Because it's good publicity, because people think And it's it keeps fun. people going, thinking that, well, it is kind of dangerous. Car crash in a NASCAR race. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, part of, it's part of the Oscars. Yeah. Oh boy! Okay, let me see if I missed anything in my notes. David uh, David Burns, giant fingers. Yeah, that's from the movie. Yeah. Oh, is that? What? I didn't, I didn't see the movie. Yeah, you did. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, the mm-hmm. hot dog oh. fingers thing. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. why. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a song from that movie. I just saw really? David Byrne on stage. I'm like David Byrne. You're pretty in love with David Byrne these days. I am. So I but, knew you'd uh, love I, that. Honestly, it wasn't sounded my like favorite. shit. It he wasn't sounded my, awful. It wasn't my favorite song. Really? He sounded terrible. Yeah. Uh, he sounded like David Byrne to me. Well, he shouldn't be harmonizing with that bra. And Lady Gaga, did you like her really impassioned? Uh, she's a great, she can sing. I mean, I, she's, I, at least she sings. I love the way she, she was in the corset and everything, and then she stripped down, took off the red lipstick. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was, she was trying to be uh, one of the boys. That was, that was pretty good, girls. though. I mean, she sounded good. She's a performer. In the song that, from that movie, mm-hmm. Everything Everywhere All at Once, is that who David Byrne sang it with in the movie? The movie version? You know what? Or is that just I, a live version? Because he did they did not sound good together. I have no idea if he even sang the, the song in the movie. I think he wrote it. Did he? I yeah. think so. Yeah, I mean he was nominated. It's very forgettable. Okay, I'm gonna send you something. Uh, just to send us out on a good David Byrne note, assuming that was a bad David Byrne note. because <laughs> um, I am I am bullish on David Byrne these days. <laughs> totally I saw a, I was, of course, as people know, I've been spending some time on YouTube for various reasons. And <laughs> not only our stuff, but when I'm on there looking at our stuff, how do you not get trapped in YouTube when you oh, go in there? God. It's almost impossible, yeah, isn't it? Really it really is. It never ends. Uh, I found this one guy who has an account. It's Nacho Video is the account. 27,000. Oh, man, I wish we had the many subscribers. <laughs> We should be able to do more than macho video, shouldn't we? Jeez. Anyway, um, they have a bunch of uh, kind of early 80s, new wavy type stuff. So I was in there for, I probably was in there for hours. 
So it's Talking Heads live at the Mud Club in August of 1979. And it's obvious they're they're still they're not really playing stadiums yet. Really? Wow. In fact, I don't know. Did Talking Heads did they play the Palace and stuff like that? I don't I don't know that they. Probably at the end, yeah. they must have done some right. tours in the to. '80s that had big crowds. But this is more, um, you know, like maybe a 1500 seater. I mean, the stage looks really. I sent it to you, Mark. Small. I'm sorry. I, I know, but I got to pull it up on this computer so everyone can see it. Oh, are we actually recording the video? Trying to, yeah. That's what so I've been doing the whole time. they were at Punch and Judy Theater in Crows Point Farms. In if it's 79. Off, hey, Mark, if it's off YouTube when I send it to you, it doesn't make any difference? I, I mean, I need, would need to email it. It's, oh, it's YouTube will it. throw us off for it anyway, won't they? No, not, nec- um, not necessarily. Oh, there it is. Yep. I knew I'd find it eventually. Dude, they played... Oh, you hit life during wartime, I think. It's the one above it. There you go. I'm telling you. You know, there are times when bands are... They're on the way up. The, cl- the climb, the climb is always the best part, right? Ascendancy. Uh-huh. See, I should be enjoying our YouTube experience because we are climbing, <laughs> but I'm not at all. I'm completely defying my own advice. <laughs> anyway, I feel like a lot of these bands, when they're in the climb, there's just something more magical going on. They're not yeah. just churning out the songs the same way all the time. Wow, he's so young there. I know. Incredible. Now, as kind of early-ish talking heads it is, they do have extra players on the, on stage. I'm not sure if Adrian Ballou is there. Jerry Harrison singing with him. That also made me think this is early, <laughs> early take fucking heads. Wow, look at that. You can see the ceiling in that place. Like, yeah, it's not the best stage, no. is it? Not really. They played High Knob in the 80s, and that's okay. it. That is the length of their... One year or multiple years? Um, two years, 82, 83. They played before that the Masonic, and then before that the Punch and Judy Theater. Holy shit. Gross Point, incredible. which I've never heard of. They jam pretty strong at the end, too. But, you know, yeah. the thing about a lot of New Wave and Talking Heads, Talking Heads, I don't think they got, I don't think they got FM airplay till burning down the house. No. 
Oh, not really. And that's that I really. Like I'm one. serious. Yeah. That was towards the end. Yeah. How is that possible? I don't know. I don't know, because we used to listen to those songs by ourselves. Absolutely. Individually. They could sell out Pine Knob and they can't get on the dial? That's ridiculous, isn't it? It is ridiculous. Let Jerry Harrison have his own fa fa fa. So <laughs> that shows that things have not gotten shitty yet. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Is that their audience? I guess so, yeah. Wow. They look trance, don't they? <laughs> they do. Actually, when you hear the song wrap up, you'll know why. Well. Some cool cutaways. Go, Tina. She's really throbbing. It looks like a big crowd, but it a shithole, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Wow. Are these... There's weird close-ups. They're really weird close-ups. Yeah, the crowd just jammed into a, a kind of a small room. This is 79, though. I mean, wow. we're three albums in. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. It's probably how David Byrne wanted it. Yeah. Because it's artsy. Like that stupid dance he's doing. <laughs> he, didn't mind, uh, he didn't mind Pine Knob uh, three years later. Well, you got to have money to pay for art. Why are you so down on David Byrne today? I'm not. <laughs> Why are you so mean to David Byrne? Ah, uh, quite a jam session. No, no, I thought this was immensely cool. Blown away. Not too many shots of Tina. Uh, no. Sounded like he wasn't very nice to Tina, which really bummed me out. Yeah. Damn it, I want to like David Byrne. Just like Mike Clark wanted to think Rosalind Carter was hot, I wanted to like <laughs> Dave Byrne. David Byrne. <laughs> um, can you see if Take Me to the River is nearby? Because I think it's on the same site. And that organ, yeah, that was an Al Green song. And Al Green, oh right, had a yeah. great version. I don't think it was a big hit, but Al Green had a period from about seventy 
eh, 71 to 74, where he was just like most, most people, doesn't seem like most artists just have a streak, whether it's three albums or five years yeah. where they just can't do wrong. <laughs> yeah. He was hot. And sure. and it's it's very um Al Green was recording at Stax with Duck Dunn and Steve Cropper and Booker T and a lot of the you know, the great musicians they had at Stax right. record in Memphis. There was a lot of great music coming out of Memphis then. I was there. I went there. When did you go there? I went on a TV junket. They took us to <laughs> oh, Stax. Oh, that junket which keeps paying off? <laughs> Why does this junket keep paying off? Damn it. Service after the sale. It was cool though. It was like... Trudy, you're so loyal to your junkets. It's ridiculous. I, I, I know, but I had a good time, you know? So it was like, wow, Stax Record. I, you know, I didn't really know that much about it. And they have the one of the original recording rooms, which, which looked like a shed in your backyard, like made out of, you know, wood that was sort of really Wait, you went to Stax? You went to Stax? Mm-hmm. But it was almost burned down by then. In fact, it did burn down, I yeah, think, Yeah, well, they've finally. got a museum now, and they brought all of the elements just kind of like they do at, at the oh, Henry here we Ford. Go. Oh, that's a stop making sense version, but I think that's what I want. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's the one you sent. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool. I mean, this is much later Talking Heads. This is getting towards the end where probably they all hate David Byrne. This is why I think it sounds like he was not nice to Tina. I guess they had a second bass player on this tour. Oh, really? Oh, what a dick. Yeah, she was not happy, nor was Chris France, who married her. Right. What, what could the issue have been between them? Um, She's Maybe a good like bassist. Tiger Woods, he thinks that she's in the weaker sex, and therefore she needs a man to <laughs> mansplain the bass parts. Make sure they got out all right. Of course. The song is forever ruined by that stupid uh, Billy Big Mouth Bass. Remember that stupid oh, fad yeah. for like... Five, like, what, oh, yeah. Take Me to the River? Yeah, it's one of the stupid songs that thing played. I don't think it was this version, though. Was it the slow version or the Al Green version? I, might, I don't know. I think it was their own version. They made it their own. Demeanor. Yeah, he's really quite full of himself. He really grew out of that shy, yeah, on the spectrum guy. The giant suit era. That's not even the biggest suit. There's a bigger one. <laughs> really? This is a really, this is really one of the best music movies. I think. Stop making sense. Moving her ass off. Look at his big pants, though. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Who's that guy? I got a big, big crew now. Don't know why. Love like I do. Let's see Jerry Harrison singing oh, back up. They got three girls. Jeez. Nice pants, why do you wear them up to your tits? Anyway, the, the big suit was to make his head smaller. Really? Yeah, that he was said the reason? he didn't want his head to look big on stage for some reason. I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. But he's from the Rhode Island School of Design, like all talking heads. Oh, man. Let's bring it down low. Way down. I was on fire. That guy on stage who's running around, he's like a, the band's cheerleader. <laughs> he is. man. He's the flavor flavor of uh, Talking Heads. <laughs> and now he's a guy playing the cowbell. Was Flav more of a cheerleader? He's a, he was a hype man. Yeah. Wow. These songs do have nasty bass lines. They do really do. Yeah. That's... He's working hard. I'd like to introduce the band by name. Oh, okay. This is Bernie Warren. I think he actually hates this part of this of this show. <laughs> Jerry Harrison. Didn't he play for the White Sox? Jerry Harrison, yeah. Lynn Mabry. Who is David Byrne married to? I'm really suddenly very curious. Chris France. Yeah, that's quite a on this red stupid red hat now along with his really wide pants <laughs> I think uh, he is divorced but he was married to a lady for a long time Adele Lutz guess, okay. what, guess what she did for a living she would be a fashion person of some kind of got it yeah installation art performance art sculpture oh that oh, makes performance sense performance art that's yeah. perfect yeah. yeah she's the big pants maker <laughs> but what a power dynamic in a band to have a married couple versus the guy that writes, well, it's really the primary writer. Right, yeah. Well, they all wrote. Yeah. Oh, I got to show you a lovely piece that she made, too. <laughs> For David, look at him with that stupid red hat. He looks so dumb that it's really entrancing. <laughs> is he pulling it off? He's pulling it off, then. I think he is. Oh, I love this. I thought the movie was great. Wow. Oh, did she make something for somebody at the Oscars? <laughs> no. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody wore this. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is quite a journey. Oh, yeah. It's a dress with uh, pubic, pubic hair, hair drawn on it. How about that? 
She calls it um, corporate Adam and Eve. Because, you know, it's like if you didn't have clothes, that would be where your hair is. Pretty artsy. I don't huh? think that's going to sell a lot. I'm just saying. You wouldn't wear that out on a night on the town? I don't think so. I mean, David wore that, no doubt, right? He would have worn his. Oh, fuck yeah, he did. Both of them wore it together, hair. man. Yeah. <laughs> it's got chest hair, too, on the guys. <laughs> gross. <laughs> that's so gross. Wow, that's whew, drop me man. in the water, baby. So that's um, stop making sense. Stop making sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, let's see, reference that. And I, I want to get to this. I thought the list of the well, first of all, there's the Razzies, the '95 Oscar Best Pictures ranked. Do you think that it will be old movies ranked low and new movies ranked high or the up opposite or a combination? Well, usually there's a recency bias, right, for newer movies, yeah. but I think I think with classic art or classic um, movies and music, you tend to favor the old. Right. Well, well, everything was better back then, yeah. right? Yeah. So, well, we'll find out after we find out what to do if you're making a big financial decision like purchasing a house, a new car, or maybe Something cosmetic, because it's important to know how this decision will affect your current and future financial goals. And Luke Nowacki and his team at MFC Pinnacle Wealth Strategies can help you plan for all your future financial goals today and into the future. Call Luke today at 248-663-4748 for a complimentary consult. See if your plan aligns with your goals. And uh, he works, of course, with Securities Investment Advisory Services, Royal Associates, Inc., uh, FINRA, SIPC, they are separately owned and other entities and our marketing names, products, and services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates. And then there's Christina Gennari. She is the real estate wizard. She and her team at KW Domain have been doing this for many years. Um, she's in a lot of neighborhoods trying to help people buy and sell and uh, has been at it for 20 years. Christina knows what she's doing. So when it's time to move, go with the obvious choice. Christina Gennari, go to soldchristina.com. Or call her at 248-550-4788. You can text her, too. She talks and drops. Well, just she does. The, the language of the people. And NordVPN helps protect you against bandwidth throttling from Internet service providers. And they also are unparalleled with the browsing security uh, that they lend to you, uh, protection from hacking of your personal data. Everybody's getting their personal data hacked, it seems like, every other week. So uh, NordVPN will protect you from that. And also, if you want to switch your country IP address to get Netflix, Disney, um, YouTube Premium for cheaper than in foreign countries, NordVPN. Get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com dams and use that code to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus an additional month for free and a bonus gift on top of that. Hey, why, why do people shoot people at gas stations? It is so common. I mean, it's so completely commonplace. Because everybody's got to get gas at some point. So they know whoever they want to shoot is eventually going to go there. But every gas station has cameras. Every gas station. And now they have these super red hot cameras that people are actually watching in the city. Uh Oh, the green light, yeah. Yeah. um, But but before they even had that, I remember there was just a string of shootings at gas stations. Some, you know, multiple shootings. And Elbrooks Patterson said, you know... I don't, I'm not stopping for gas in the city. Yeah. And I don't want my kids stopping for gas in the city. And, of course, people went, oh, my God, he's terrible. How could Elbrook say something like that? 
Well, even with all this surveillance, somebody shot somebody at uh, Sitco on Woodward. And, of course, you know, they've got where, the car. Where at on Woodward is that, do you know? Just I'm not like, sure where it is, to be honest. Because I, I, don't, I don't think of many Sitcos oh. around those parts. And that's, that's what I take. It could have been me. Oh, did you stop at a Sitco? Well, no, but that's what I take to uh, get downtown Woodward. Right, I'm, just yeah. curious, I'm just curious as to what point of Woodward it would be. Because certain points are not as I don't think it's not right downtown. But anyway, they're, uh, of course, photographed, you know, surveillance, they take a picture of the surveillance, and they're in a white Chrysler Pacifica. They know the year and everything, and so, you know, now they're looking for them, and they'll find them. I just don't know why. It just seems like such a bad idea. People always get busted. So so as a shooting consultant? Yes, as a murder and shooting consultant, I would say do not shoot people at gas stations unless you're in some really rural area where they don't even take credit cards or something. (laughs) Then you're probably okay. You're safe there. So before I get to the uh, the Hollywood uh, the best picture list, um, I you know I've been telling you about movies that I would not recommend, like The Water or The Whale. Oh, The which Whale. Which I, I mean, I was entertained by his performance and all that, but just oh God, the message was just so. What was the message? Stupid. I don't even know what the message is. He's talked about it so much. I have no idea. What's it about? It's almost tiring to explain the message. Oh, okay. But it's... Okay, in the movie, I will say this. I think the message is... I probably should have left a trailer breadcrumbs. <laughs> oh, wait. Or maybe it's, maybe it's this. You won the game ball every day. <laughs> You're my lighthouse. Okay. There's a part at the very beginning of the movie where, you know, he's like 700 pounds, 600 pounds. He th- seems like he could do 600 pound, my 600 pound life and have a huge hit if he ever gains right. a weight back. Because he's just stranded in his chair. He's teaching a class without his picture. Oh, my camera's broken, so you can't see him. Oh, okay, yeah. And this guy comes in who is a, he wants to preach Jesus. He knocks on the door. Oh, uh-huh. It's raining out. He finally says, oh, come in. And he really doesn't want to be seen by anyone. So the guy's in there, and the reason he lets him in is because he's having an episode. He's like feeling like he's going to die. Oh. And he's really sick, and he's in terrible pain. And so he starts yelling at the guy, read this, read this! He's handing him a piece of paper. It's a scene from Moby Dick. Why are you breathing so hard? Whoever wrote the movie thinks that we do like movie scenes when we're dying. That's what we like to think of. Oh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, the Alec Baldwin theory in play. I I think that's what it was. (laughs) And then he did that again later on. Oh my God, read this! Really? What the hell? Fuck, are you kidding? How stupid do you think we are? I'm not sure I get that, but okay. Yeah, so... Um, I can't believe it didn't win Best Original Song. It makes oh, no sense. Oh, it's the big old blubbery whale, and it's how, how much would this song not fit the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big old I would have loved to have heard it. If they did it over the credits. That would have been nice to break up all the insanity. Look at the big, 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 big blubbery whale. Uh, I'd love to hear from people who have seen it, too, which I doubt are very many people that are listening to the sound of my voice. He goes on and on about, oh, and Sadie Sink is so incredible. Sadie Sink plays his daughter. Uh She's the biggest bitch. She's such a fucking bitch. Every time she enters the scene, I'm like, oh, no, not this bitch. She's awful. She's horrible. You're my lighthouse. (laughs) Okay, um... Again, before I get to the list, I know you're going to like this, Mark. I think almost anyone would like this. FX and Hulu have a new New York Times Presents Oh, Sin Eater, The Crimes of Anthony Pelicano. Yep. Oh, did you see it? 
No, I saw the big old ad for it. Okay. So I'm pumped up for it because his story is his story's fascinating. It's really good. Actually, you know what? I brought it up on demand and I queued this one part. I don't know if it'll queue though if you bring it up on demand again. On Hulu? Yeah, on are I brought it up. I just went on demand. Are you, are you still using my Hulu? My <laughs> no, oh. no, there's another name. Say, your if, name if, is up there. I can choose your name if cho- I want choose to. Choose me, and then it's it'll always stay queued when I bring it up. Oh, I'm How sorry. About that? No, no, future, future tip. Well, if you want to, if you want to go into it through Hulu, it's part four, or part. I think it's part four of the New York Times series. Part two of the Pelicano series. Like twelve minutes in, there's a scene that Chris Rock comes into the fray. Who'd have thought Chris Rock and Anthony Pelicano crossed paths? Oh no! Well, he crossed paths with everybody because he was investigating everybody. But I never thought of Chris Rock as doing anything that bad. Right? Yeah. Where you need Anthony Pelicano because Anthony Pelicano. You know, this business of changing the truth is not new. No. Anthony Pelicano is doing it because essentially, uh, and he did over 15 years in prison, should point that out up front. He did 15 years, over 15 years in prison for wiretapping, racketeering, and more. But for years, he worked for the most high-powered attorneys in Hollywood, Howard Weitzman, Burt Fields. And they knew exactly what he was doing. He was wiretapping people's phones. So he was listening to conversations that the people they were up against were having on the phone. And I'm talking about divorces in some cases. Mm-hmm. So I, they knew things yeah, that they couldn't possibly have that's known otherwise. kind of an advantage, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of unfair. So like, an, incredibly unfair. An investigator, so to speak? Yeah, a PI. Quote, uh-huh. And so he had this incredible war room with all this equipment, and it was all his phone taps recording every call, oh, wow. and then he would listen to the calls, and by the way, when he was going through a divorce, he was listening to his wife's phone calls, oh, all of her calls. Oh. How far yeah, into the nice? second episode? She should have known. It's about 12 minutes in, I think. Did she not know who he was? It's like 12, 15, 17, something like that. Wow. Yeah, I'll just give you a little example here. Chris Rock, what happened to Chris Rock is, Chris Rock is married, it's 2001, he and a buddy are out in the town, and they end up taking two girls to the Four Seasons, and Chris Rock ends up sleeping with this girl. Mm. So, the girl says that he raped her, and, let's see, oh, and she's pregnant, and he thinks it's bullshit, and I think it was bullshit, actually. I could mark certain per- parts of the call by looking at the sound wave and also part. hearing tones. So um, somebody hmm. called their bank. And I wonder if the times are in. different on the on demand than Hulu. Um, shouldn't be that far. Are off. there how many parts are there in Hulu? Two, two parts. This is twelve minutes hmm. into the second part. It should be into Chris Rock by now. Actually, you can see Chris Rock's name or. Conversation was it Anthony Pelicano? Because you watched it upstairs, so it's not in this TV, and yeah, it's old. Oh, God. I'll find it. Wasn't he in the OJ Simpson? No, it's just why is everything so much harder than it needs to be <laughs> to sound like Brendan Fraser <laughs> to get to where you need to go? Why is everything harder than it needs to be? <laughs> it's because you know why? It's because we used to record everything before we played it. What you should have done is. I probably should have left a trailer breadcrumbs. <laughs> a lot easier to find it. <laughs> was he was he on the Simpson case or? No. Yes, he did work on the Simpson okay. case. I don't know what he did. Was, was I'd Michael love Jackson to know. Too, or? Oh yes. Oh, okay. Well, there's. Oh. Ja- I just saw Jackson and Stallone. Is Rock before that? No, Rock's after that. Okay. I th- 
That's his. Uh, those I'm are his phone taps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that's his war room. <laughs> really? Oh, it's wow! Fucking incredible. I guess it could. Is that be broad? I can't figure out who that broad is. <laughs> I think she's somebody whose divorce he was playing with. Oh, great. So do they then once they find out that AP has been uh, wiretapping them? Illegally, do they reverse any of the decisions that were made based on that? Oh, no, oh, no, they don't. No, Mark, I wonder if it's in the part before because this part only has 50 minutes, and my part two is like a minute and a half. How can this part two be 50? Oh, because there's commercials in mine. (laughs) So, Pelicano essentially can change history, he taps phones. And then he also threatens people, people like Diane Diamond, who are covering Jackson. Oh, oh, right, right, yeah. yeah. And other writers who were working for hard copy and other places that were really on the Jackson story. I mean, they were on the story. They had the story. And he starts putting, um, crack, breaking their windshields, uh, slicing their tires. Yeah, putting uh, a fish with a rose in its mouth on their windshield. You know, to the point that neighbors are freaking out, like, what's going on? And these people are just like, this is not worth it. Um, And then also threatening Jackson's employees. Like, hey, listen, Michael loves you. Don't you fucking testify. He loves you. Michael Jackson's going to take care of you. So they're obstructing justice in every which way imaginable. Wow. And then what happens is with Pelicano recording the phone calls, they get into a negotiation because, okay, yeah, Jackson molested your kid, right? He slept with him 360 nights in a row, 364 nights in a row. He slept in the same bed with a 12-year-old uh-huh. who maybe would have turned 13 at that point, which big shout-out from Maz. Um, <laughs> so the father is negotiating kind of like... I love you. Uh, the only thing I can compare it to is Helena Hutchins, her widower is now a producer on the Rust movie. Oh, right, yeah. Because they're giving him stuff and potentially make a lot of money. Because, yeah. yeah, we killed your wife, so how about we make you producer of the movie? Which, to me, is ridiculous. Yeah, why would you take that? I, I don't know. It's blood money. And in this case, this guy happens to want to make a screenplay or something. So they take a piece of the recording where he is asking for, uh, they've offered him $350,000 her screenplay, I think, over four years or something like that, uh-huh. and he's demanding more money, like $5 million or something. And so they play that at a press conference. They don't take any questions, oh, wow. and they just leave with Diane Diamond yelling, did you have his permission to record that call? Which, of course, <laughs> they didn't. It's a tapped call. It's not a recorded call. It's, they, it's tapped. They didn't even, I mean, they recorded all of this guy's calls. Wow. The father of the victim. So the media just goes, oh, well, Huh, that's weird. I mean, why would they be talking about a screenplay or something? So, in other words, this guy's just apparently his kid hangs out with Jackson. He just goes, yeah, um, if you don't want me to go to the cops and say Jackson's molesting my kid, you give me the screenplays and you pay me this amount. Like, he just made it up out of thin air. So, Diane Diamond, however, is not really convinced by this. She thinks there's more to it, but at the same time, it's like, well... We're already getting a rash of shit because everyone loves Michael Jackson and doesn't want to believe it's true anyway. But in the end, that tapped phone pretty much put an end to that problem. I think they just reached a settlement and they shut up and they probably got a lot of shit too because, why are you trying to get a screenplay out of this? 
And why was he trying? I mean, it is stupid. It doesn't mean his kid wasn't molested. Right. And so Diane went on to say that, and as far as Michael Jackson and his slumber parties, um, they just started to play this, well, he's having a childhood that he never had. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And, and somehow, and it's funny, because I think she said, and somehow people yeah. believe that? Like, what? And they got those two kids, they had another press conference with Wade Robeson, and another 10-year-old who said that, yeah, we had great summer parties, and I slept in the bed with Michael, but nothing happened. Oh, God. And, yeah, the stuff most was, loving thing to do is to share your bed with yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah. Stuff was happening. They were lying. The kids were coached, and they were lying. And actually, when you see them in the press conference, they look coached. They sound coached. I mean, it's not natural. I mean, first of all, why the fuck? He's 34. Why is he having slumber parties with 10-year-olds? It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. And he didn't stop doing it. That's even wow. more incredible is that you'd think at that point you go, whew, that was a close one. But no, he's, he's groomed so, the world. So and with Anthony Pelicano's help, he really doesn't need to stop. Just uh, thwarts justice and continues knocking down 12-year-old kids. Totally false. Wow. And looking at their buttholes. Uh, um, it, it was part sad. one, I believe. Ah, fuck. It's all right. I think, uh, I think I'm close to it, though. It was 2001 when this happened and it's right around here I think yeah. yeah that's the way everybody fucking moves for me when I threaten their fucking life the confidence in how they talk also shows that's Pelicano the- who's yeah. so full of himself yeah. a lot you can of record phone calls I mean you can do anything when you know exactly what someone's saying all the time yeah quite the advantage and obviously they don't know I know right nobody knows except you and me that's for sure What's an example of how Pelicano would operate? The first one that comes to mind is the Chris Rock recording. Hey, buddy. Hey. How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Chris Rock, he was married at the time, and he was at the Four Seasons with a friend, and they ended up picking up two women, and he ended up sleeping with one of them. This woman is now claiming to have Chris Rock's baby. Oops. She's also alleging that he forced himself on her. Stephen called me this morning. Yeah. Uh, something, the file. Anthony starts off by telling him that he has gotten the police report. I'm going to read this to you. I'm not supposed to have this thing. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that? Ooh. Right. I'm not supposed to have this thing, but okay, I got so it. Nobody knows. Oh, aren't you incredible? See, any, any rape victim is, is, is Yeah, we got the, we get it. it. There's no record of it. You understand? So he's in with LAPD too. Broken any laws by listening to this or responding to this or using it in his defense? But certainly, what the tape shows is that he raised no objection to being told, "I'm not supposed to have this. Let's change your story." I've been so set up. But I need to know from you, honey. What do you need to know? Did you come on her thighs? Um, you I don't... You, you said you had a rub on it, brother. I had a rubber on I probably took it off right when I was getting ready to come. Probably came uh, on her ass, if, you know. So, <laughs> you got to change your story now. We have somebody with means and power hmm. who's able to employ somebody like Anthony Pelicano, playing the system to their own benefit. It's a total imbalance of power. Wow. The wonderful thing about this is that the police department didn't believe her. I'm just, once, you know, you're accused of rape, it's just, fuck. You're yeah. just fucked. I know, that's why I want to blacken this girl up. Oh, totally. yeah, let's blacken you this girl up. You understand? Racist! Yeah, I know, but I want to make her out to be a lying, scumbag, yeah. manipulating cocksucker. That's oh. what I want. 
Didn't he? Nice. Chris Brock was never charged. Didn't he DNA say, test was said he was not the father of the child. Didn't he? Didn't he kind of go ooh there when he said he mm-hmm. wanted to dirty her up and make yeah. her a scumbag whore? Wow. Oh, that's what that stuff about abortions was in the comedy special then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also said that huh. he reached a confidential settlement mm-hmm. with the girl. Wow. What that means, but oh, that dude is sleazy. Not Chris Rock. Well, I mean, well, here's audio of Chris Rock on another tape. We got to get you and that monster that's in your gut down to Mexico ASAP. The cockiness of this guy—it's just so disgusting. And a lot of these cases, at least they describe here, are high-profile divorces. And super high-profile people like Michael Ovitz and Burt Fields, Howard Weitzman. I mean, you hear those names all the time with these big stars and their problems. And uh, let's see. They get thanked at the Oscars frequently. (laughs) Yeah, they do. I'm trying to think of some of the other (laughs) names. I didn't know it was for that, though. Oh, Gary Shandling, Michael Ovitz, Brad Gray, Michael Jackson, Joel Silver. Gary Shandling had a... This is pretty interesting. Gary Shandling's girlfriend was on It's the Gary Shandling show where he was the talk show host. Uh-huh. It was behind the scenes. Is that the Gary Sanders show? No, that's... Um, Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders. So then she wants to have a baby. She's... I think she's in her 30s and she's like, I gotta... If I want to be a mother, I have to do it now. And Gary Shandling's like, well, I don't think I want a kid. And so they break up. Well, she's on the show. So what are we going to do? Then they decide that, you know... I don't really want her on the show. Oh, okay. So she sues because, hey, that's bullshit. Just because you don't want to fuck me anymore, you don't want me on the show anymore. <laughs> and I think his response would have been, well, the reason you were on the show is because I was fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be my guess. Oh. <laughs> okay. But that's not what he said. Instead, he hired an attorney who hired Anthony Pelicano, who then tapped her phones and then they found out all sorts of things out about her that they could use against her. So that's the whole thing is you you just basically create a new problem for the person that is so big that they go, you know what, I, I think I'll settle and maybe not be so, you know, brazen wow. with what I'm owed. Jesus. So then Gary Shandling finds out that Brad Gray, who is a big time, big time Hollywood agent, he represents Gary Shandling, and Gary Shandling decides that Brad Gray, he deci- he gets this new project going, which was related sort of to Gary Shandling, like maybe Gary Shandling had introduced him to somebody, and Gary Shandling said, hey, wait, 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 wait. You, you're not giving me any piece of this. I should be part of this, because that's part of me. And Brad Gray's like, oh, no, 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 it was totally irrespective of you. And so Gary Shandling sues him because well, I forgot what it was, but I think it became a big hit. Do you know that story, Mark? I, you've heard it Sounds before. I mean. I, I, was part of that in the Shandling doc or was there some? Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a big deal in the doc because Gary Shandling and Brad Gray, he considered Brad Gray to be this wonderful yeah. friend in addition to being his agent. And then he's like, no, he screwed me out of millions of dollars yeah. by doing this other project that really went through me and should have stayed through me. He just cut me out. So, Shandling, I forgot who Shandling's lawyer was, but they hired Anthony Pelicano. So he used Anthony Pelicano against his girlfriend. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Brad Gray used Anthony Pelicano against Gary Shandling. So Gary Shandling's phone calls 
with his ex now girlfriend as they're discussing this and with other people, his calls are now being recorded. Holy shit. Yeah. That that was in the doc. I remember that part. In the Shanling doc. Yeah. I, I remember that he was he was totally crushed by it. In fact, I think they said he never really recovered from it. It was so upsetting to him. They were really suggesting that the Larry Sanders show really probably caused him to come to a much earlier death because oh, he man. was causing him physical problems. He was so upset. Wow, really? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know. Brad Gray, was at that time that he sued him, was head of Paramount as well. So, I mean, this is a big deal guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to mention that during the... <laughs> The, the New York Times presents is called Sin Eater, The Crimes of Anthony Pelicano. If you want to watch it on Hulu or FX. And they were promoting a five-part documentary on Tupac called Dear Mama, which at first I was like, oh, what's this? And then it sounds like it's about Tupac and his mama. And I don't, just lost I, some interest. In I don't have any more interest in learning anything else about Tupac. I kind of feel the same I way. Don't. Like, how much more can I learn about this yeah, guy? exhausts me. I mean, he's not come alive at all since 1995 to make new stuff. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, know what more well, I need to in know. A, in a way, though, they keep releasing uh, songs. Are they, well, are they, they did, still they, finding no, stuff? No, but they did for a long, long time. It's just I yeah. just don't care about Tupac enough. It's like Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Yeah, kept going. Yeah, that actually, you know what? The last Hendrix release was around 2017. I want to say there were a couple things in it that were pretty damn good. I was surprised, although I usually find myself disappointed. I was going, I was reading about sitar songs in rock. <laughs> True. What <laughs> are you? No, oh my God. Well, I, I like sitar. I like Norwegian wood. I love painted black, and uh -huh. I'm kind of intrigued by. There's certain songs I've heard where I'm going, is that a sitar in that song? And you find out it's like that big country song. I thought that was, I thought those were bagpipes. Bagpipes. Yeah. I was sure those were bagpipes. <laughs> so anyway, I'm reading about this one song with Jimi Hendrix and, oh God, who's the other guitar player? I think Steven Stills is on it. And By the way, what an instrument that, that is. Robbie Shankar, yeah. Oh my God. How do you tune it? Anyway, it was, a, it was a song with Hendrix and someone else who's a pretty big deal. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to hear that. And so I was like, oh, it wasn't. I would have heard about it a long time ago if it was that fucking good. Uh -huh. But, you know, uh, Hurdy Gurdy Man, for example. Mm, great song. Yeah, it's got, it's not a sitar specifically, but it's a four-stringed instrument that is like a sitar. I think it's, um, I can't remember the name of it, but Donovan played it. That song has everyone on it. Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones. Some people thought Bonham was on it, but I think they've determined that Bono was not in that session. But Donovan felt that was really Led Zeppelin was forming. <laughs> At that point? Yeah. I just like how he seems like this. How does he do it? You just say God, the drumming in this is badass, too. There's so many fills! Oh, my God! <laughs> Yeah, there it is. That's the list I was looking at. Oh, is it really? Yes. That's funny. I think it's because the only it's the only list that's been done. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> the problem with sitar is it takes so long to become good at it. Brian Jones? I can imagine. Brian Jones, yeah. Brian Jones, that's a song with Hendrix, and it sucks. My it little does. one, yeah. Don't come around here no more as sitar on it. Is Mike Campbell playing that? Cry Like a Baby with the Box Tops has a sitar. I was shocked. Really? History's Mamas and Papas had a few sitar songs, but 
most of the list, uh, Sound Sleep by the Turtles. There's a kink song with uh, sitar on it, but go to the top list. Oh, Judy in Disguise by... Oh. What's his name? Judy in the Sky. Da, Judy in the Sky. Da, 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 da. Norwegian Wood is number one. Paper Sun by Traffic. Heart Full of Soul by the Yardbirds. I don't think that's sitar. I think that's... That's Jeff Beck doing something weird with tones. Paint it black. Are, are you going to argue with spindiddy.com? <laughs> yes. Turn Down Day by the Circle. Within You, Without You, The Beatles. San Francisco, Be Sure to Wear Flowers in Your Hair, Scott McKenzie. That's a that's not a bad song. When We Was Fab by George Harrison has some sitar at the end. I Know What I Like in Your Order by Genesis. Get out of here, Ed. Number 10, Close to the Edge by Yes. Oh, yeah, man. Edge. This is John Fred and his Playboy band. Got it, yeah. Who else would it be? Judy in the Sky. That's quite a bass line on this, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, all kinds of weird instruments on this. He's plucking that bass. Who's this? John Fred and his Playboy band. This is a pretty... Gigantic hit in 66, 65? Not sure. A lot of horns. Where's the sitar in this? It's, uh, I think it's in the break. I'm full of bloops, by the way. (laughs) I was on dives all weekend. (laughs) Jesus. I don't hear sitar yet. Did you know George Harrison played uh, uh, slide guitar on a Belinda Carlisle hit? I did not know that. I did not know that either. Wow. I didn't know they even crossed paths or timelines. It was Belinda kind of Carlisle a funny and George were still... It was kind of a funny story, actually. I think George barely knew who she was. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I hear a sitar there. Uh, Leave a Light On is the Belinda Carlisle song, but it was one of these things where I think they said, you know, he's a slide guitarist. And I think Belinda said, well, I've met George Harrison. And the producer just called kind of blind. And I think Belinda was like, oh, I don't really know him very well. I just met him at a party or something. And George George liked her voice. He knew oh. who she was. She's like, oh, yeah, she's in that all girl band. So he just popped down and yeah. So he, I think they sent it to him and he filled it in uh, and it was really it was really fucking good. He, the reason it came up was because I was reading about George Harrison's favorite slide parts and he said it was one of his favorite slide parts of his own. <laughs> the fuck fueled this weekend of yours? I know that's what deep. I mean the rabbit holes in YouTube. I honestly I could get lost in YouTube if I disappear. Send the police into YouTube. <laughs> I'm serious. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, the uh, the 95 Oscar movies, I, I just left a lot of these out. I tried to stick with the current ones mostly, but at 95 is the Broadway Melody, 1928-29, when nobody's seen Whatever. it. Whatever. I've never heard of it. Okay. Who's the, in it? I have no idea. <laughs> I've never heard of it. The, Who's in it? <laughs> the lowest ranked Oscar best picture movie of all time that we would know of is Crash at number 94. Oh, How that did that movie win? I think because it was loaded up with a bunch of famous people. I who cares? I liked that movie, though. Did? Crash? Well, with I, Matt Dillon. And... I think you should watch it again. I I liked some of these movies that are on this list, but I'm like, they're the best. These should be the best 95 movies of all time. They're just not. 
Okay. Not even close to me, but okay. Number ninety, Driving Miss Daisy from eighty nine. Uh, Is that really a movie? Whatever. Let's see again. The English Patient, number eighty eight. Uh, no. Never ever got through that. Honestly, if I was ranking Oscar winning best picture movies, I wouldn't think The English Patient would be that low because some of the other ones coming up. But Out of Africa, eighty seven. Boy. Shakespeare in Love, eighty six. It's terrible. When Million dollar. You got to see her tit in it. <laughs> Who cares? I just didn't. Was it worth it? Tit lovers? Just one? <laughs> Million Dollar Baby, 84. <laughs> Swank. I don't, I don't know how that's high as 84. That was a terrible movie. Awful. Oh, great cliff notes. Uh, <laughs> Chariots of Fire, 82. Good song. The Green Book at 81. Oh, okay. I remember the movie. Viggo Mortensen was in it, so it's I It's another one that I liked it, but really? The best picture of the whole year? I was watching Jeopardy the other day, and that was a double Jeopardy question, and oh. the, the guy answering it goes, um, because you know it's about black people and where they could go and visit in the south, and the right. guy goes, "Uh, the black book." Oh, like, that guy's racist. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Slumdog Millionaire seventy-seven, Forrest yeah. Gump only seventy-five. I would not. Good. I liked Forrest it Gump. It does not. I don't think it ages well. It's really corny. You know what? Watching it now. It's funny. I bump into it on TV every now and then. I will usually stay and watch it for a little while. I don't know why. Just it's so familiar. Yeah. But yeah. It's, whether it's one of the 75 best movies. Eh. Hurt Locker, 75. I like that. 73, I'm sorry. See, I would rather watch Forrest Gump than Hurt Locker again. Mm. American Beauty is 72. Mm. Terms of Endearment, 71. Nomadland, 68. I was like, Nomadland? What's that? Oh, that's the Florence McDormand takes a shit in the back of a van movie. Oh, that movie sucks. <laughs> That was last year, wasn't it? Or two 2020. years? We've already yeah. forgotten yeah. about it because yeah. it sucks Yeah, she so takes bad. a really gross-sounding shit in Ugh. a van. That's right. That's the movie. Ugh. That is such a grim... I, I <laughs> never, scene. ever wanted to watch that, ever. Mark, can we relive that scene? Is there any way? Yeah, I'll look for it. Because <laughs> I thought the sound... The sound editing person did a really good job. I mean, they found oh, a really editors, good shit. Yeah. Or maybe it was really her taking a shit. I don't know. I mean, it was. It sounded very natural, though. Well, still, they would have to have mic'd the, what, bucket? <laughs> or. Yes. Ew. It was a bucket. It was in a van, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, gross. <laughs> just, just gross. <laughs> what a way to remember a movie. I think this is the clip. <laughs> is that it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it matched <laughs> Francis McDormand better. <laughs> is that it? That sounds a little more like her. There's an exclamation in the background of it. Uh, I love the theater of you going, I think this might be it. <laughs> Argo is 66. I liked Argo. I thought Argo was good too. Uh, I think Argo it should be much yourself. higher. Yeah. At this one, how can this be fucking number 65? The Deer Hunter with De Niro, Christopher Walken, Meryl Streep at the peak of their powers. Oh, the gun scene with too the... Mow! Mow! Diddy Mow! Too long though. I mean, it was long. I agree. Like some of the the wedding scenes and stuff like that. I still thought it was that was that movie was stuck movie. with me for days after I saw it the first time. Really? I thought it was really good. Um, okay, at number sixty four. Can I please have some more? Oliver, it's Oliver! Oliver! Exclamation point! Some. Can I please have some more? <laughs> That's my impersonation. It's really good. <laughs> the worst movie ever. Can I please have some more? Um, by the way, I just was reminded of this. All these people who are emailing and messaging about seeing movies in school, we went on a field trip to see Oliver. Oh, really? <laughs> I know. How stupid. Why do we do that? Wow. 
Uh, Braveheart is 62. What? Yeah, oh I knew a lot of people would like that. Greatest movie ever, man. Ordinary People is 61. That is a really good movie. It's a drama. It's oh, sad. Braveheart. Braveheart yeah. had everything. It had it had action. It had romance. It had an a anti-Semite. And at the end, it didn't matter because they didn't get their Wait, an, I saw independence. Something. Is it 62 because of Mel Gibson? Oh, Maybe. Possible. Okay, how can the King's Speech be ahead of Braveheart? <laughs> the King's Speech at 58. Dancing with Wolves at 55. Oh, dumb. A Beautiful Mind. John Nash. John F. Nash. Mathematics. 51. <laughs> the Last Emperor is 50. I don't think anyone's ever seen that movie. I don't no believe that movie's it, ever been seen. Yeah. I've never seen it. I, I, I really What's I don't it think about? ever seen it. It's about this emperor, know. and he was the last <laughs> one. He was a little kid, and he was really, really small, and he was, it was the end. And then they so realized they were being ruled by he a kid. He couldn't talk, so he yeah. couldn't run the country. Yeah. <laughs> it was the end. He said, hey, this kid's bossing us around. Let's just get rid of him. He'll be the last emperor. He can hardly talk. He doesn't know any words. See? This country's doomed. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much sums it up. That's the most shittiest movie I've seen in my life. <laughs> the Shape of Water is 49. Oh, yeah. Nice. Rain Man is 48. Okay, I like Gandhi that. Gandhi is 47. I never saw that. Does anyone really like that? A movie? white man played Gandhi. It couldn't be done today. No. Is that movie, I mean, does it surpass boring somehow? I mean, No, it's yeah. boring. Really I'd wonderful man it. and everything, but... Uh, Sound of Music at 46. Sweet. At 45, here's another movie you've never seen. <laughs> the Artist. I've seen it. The Artist? Terrible. Wasn't that guy dancing on the chairs? At the uh, no, 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 oh. no, 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 no. That's Life ben is Beautiful. That's... Uh, Benito. Yeah. Oh. Mussolini. Yeah, that's um, another movie you haven't seen. <laughs> no, The Artist, I believe, is the all-silent film. Uh, Remember? It was, it was just a silent film they made, oh, what, 10 years ago? I yeah, 2011. right asleep. It's, yeah. I, who th Awful. even thinks of any of these movies anymore? Well, I know. Here's one they think of. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is what? what Return of the King, number 43. Top 10. I love that It's movie. only 43. It still holds up. That was 2003. Yeah. And it's behind Birdman in 2014. I think that's a great movie. I thought too, it was though. good, too. I just didn't think it was that good. Patton is number 40 from 1970. Great, great no Country for Old Men at 39. Awesome. That's a really great movie. movie. That's a really good really movie. Really good movie. Consensus. Okay, here's another one. And by the way, this one has a phenomenal soundtrack. Midnight Cowboy uh -huh. at 38. Everyone's talking Everybody's at me. Would John Voight love himself in that movie, the John Voight of now? Yes. Versus <laughs> I think he would. Very much. At number 36, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. That high? Mm. I mean, well, recency bias, but I, I think it's I think it's really, really good. But you have to like science Maybe I need to watch it again. In karate movies. Uh, 35 is Platoon. Great flick. Yep. 34 These is... These are all good, though. This is where it gets hard. 34 was described... I was just reading a little bit of the description. I couldn't talk over the intro. <laughs> this movie is a big, inclusive hug of a movie. Coda from 2021. Yeah, no thanks. Never saw it. I don't even remember it. I don't remember that movie. Mm -mm. Kramer versus Kramer's 33. That's like a new movie and stuff. Titanic at 32. Uh, Annie Hall, 31. Uh, the Sting is 30. Ben-Hur, 29. Uh, Ben-Hur. Unforgiven from 92, 28. Never saw it. Unforgiven? That's the Western movie? Clint Eastwood. Yeah, no thanks. Gladiator, 
from 2000. Is I it like 27? I like Glad He Ate Her. That great porno. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. In the Heat of the Night from 1967 is 26. The Departed is 25. That's a good one. I like that movie. Yeah. My Fair Lady from 64 what? is 24. Get it out of here. Boring. Too old. 12 Years a Slave from 20. 13 is 23. What the fuck is 12 Years a Slave? I don't even remember that. It was 10 years ago. It's like 12 it. Years a Slave, yeah, Drew. So that's how it went. Did you see the movie? A, yeah. I did see the movie. Yeah. You did? Was it good? No. I, I kind of liked it. I mean, it was all right. It was supposed Wait, to be good, so I thought it was good. kind of liked it? That seems like if you kind of <laughs> like 12 Years a Slave, you go, I don't want to watch the rest of this. It was a free man, uh, spoiler alert, and then oh. he was um, suddenly 12 Years a Slave. Until he got out again. <laughs> I would rather have a circle jerk with my dad and grandpa than see this flaming turd of a movie. Do you think you've given an accurate depiction of 12 Years a Slave? <laughs> I can't remember it very well now. <laughs> I would rather pack my rectum full of M80s and squat over a flaming hibachi than see this movie. I okay. stand by it. Number 22, all-time, all-time movies. Chicago from 2002. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's good. It's a musical. I like musicals. Does, do a lot of people like musicals? Is that really I a mainstream that. kind amazing. of thing? <laughs> well, I mean, seems to me Broadway's a there. pretty elite uh, niche. But okay, it's a murder. It's a murder story, yeah, though. It, it's about it's how the media manipulates. But people break into song, don't they? Yeah. How about so. murders. I mean, you like the soundtrack to a movie. Why can't you like the if the actors are actually singing? I don't want the people. Okay, if John Voight suddenly starts singing, everybody's talking <laughs> at me. I think I would be very disappointed. And if Dustin Hoffman's backing him up, amazing. I'd be even more disappointed. <laughs> that would be cool. The apartment is no. From here to eternity is twenty-one. The apartment from nineteen sixty is twenty. What? Rocky is nineteen. That's a great movie. Oh, that's a great movie. It Happened One Night from 1934. Who knows? All Quiet on the Western Front from 1929. Although the new one's better, but yeah. Spotlight from 2016. Good movie. What? Really? Uh, what is it? It's the Boston Globe busting. Oh, that's place. right. It's Tyler. good. But I, Pedophile. That, that high? Kind of, a, kind of a bummer. I would rather wear Sally Jesse Raphael's panties like a ski mask than see this film. <laughs> West Side Story is 15. Another musical. Uh, Gone with the Wind at 14 from 1939. Moonlight is 13 from 20. <laughs> Who has ever seen Moonlight? No, 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 one. One. no, one. no one. If you no superglued my genitalia to a cannonball and fired it through the front door of this theater, you couldn't get me to see a second of that. The person filling out the slip at the Oscars didn't even believe it. Wasn't that the one there was confusion over? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Parasite from 2019 at 12. What's Parasite? I don't even remember it. That's the one from Korea. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's, yeah. I think it's really good, but you have I to read the movie. I thought it was okay. Really? I thought it was yeah. a good story. I mean, that's how I feel about most of these. They're, they're decent movies, but I just didn't like them that much. The winner is a movie from South Korea. What the hell was that all about? <laughs> I mean, where's Cloverfield, for Christ's sake? Oh, no, Cloverfield? Oh, yeah, God. where's uh, She's Out of My League? <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia's 11. Let's get Gone with the Wind. Can we get my Gone with the Wind back, please? I... I like Napoleon Dynamite better than almost all these movies. Yeah, that's a great movie. I don't think it gets enough. Doesn't get enough love. Yeah. At number 10, top 10 movies of all time. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest from 75. Great movie. Number nine is The Godfather 2 from 74. It's a great movie. Silence of the Lambs from 91. Awesome. Yep. The French Connection at number seven from 71. These are all home runs. 
Number six, Amadeus. Number six. <laughs> There's no electricity in that movie. No. <laughs> Can't have a movie with reminds no electricity song, that high. Yeah, plus, yeah. Amadeus. Which reminds me of the movie Adventureland. <laughs> Lisa <right>. P's back! <laughs> I love Adventureland. No, Adventureland should be on this list. <laughs> By the way, Adventureland has one hell of a soundtrack, too. All About Eve is at number five from 1950. I have no fucking idea. On the Waterfront is number four from 1950. That was like... If you were growing up in the 50s and early 60s, that was like the coolest movie sure. ever. Yeah, yeah. But after that, I'm not sure what it is means that, to anyone. Is that Brando? Yeah. Yes. And he was actually in good shape. You know, like back then, it, it oh, wasn't... Oh, yeah, he was stud. He was 1950. Uh, he was a stud. A bit of contender. Is that that movie? <laughs> yep. yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Cool. It, was still, uh, it wasn't a thing back then when your leading man was really ripped, but he was actually in good shape. Schindler's List at number three. Okay. Hilarious movie. A uh, very entertaining for the whole family. <laughs> Casablanca at number two from 1943, and number one, as always, it seems, The Godfather. Yeah, hard to beat that movie. There's your top mind. You know, it's led to toxic masculinity. It did. <laughs> Somebody's saying that, and but that's about the mafia. Of oh shit! Course. Oh shit! Yeah. Not to mention all the um, stereotypes think- of Italians. No, truly, it's bullshit. Did they think do, the Italians nice? will, do Italians spend a lot of time complaining about stereotypes? No, never. I don't never. think they do. I really don't. <laughs> oh, that's quite the list. Now, as far as uh, social media, in the last couple of days, I've just bumped into a couple of really stupid, funny things, and I just scratched a few of them down. One of them is that, have you guys seen Bad Baby lately? No. The Cash Me Outside girl? Uh-uh. She is now transitioned to a light-skinned black woman. What? Oh. That is what, that was trending on Twitter. Because she, her skin is so dark now, and she's lightened up her hair to make it look darker. Uh-huh. And also, she's done some other things that people feel is part of her uh, intention to identify as black. And I also saw something else funny. In fact, I'm trying to remember if this was on Carl's Who Are These Socials. I don't think it was. It was a video of a girl. Someone sent this. A 22-year-old girl who's really upset about being so close to 30 mm-hmm. that it's triggering to her to be 22. <laughs> she is a, she's an African-American girl, and she says that she now identifies as an 18-year-old white girl. Oh. And she has blonde hair. And this led to a whole sequence of not just links, but comments. A lot of people who are in that age zone are saying the weirdest shit about what they identify as. They just seem to feel that you can just, if you want to, you can identify as anything. Right. Okay. And you can use pronouns. It, you, may not, you may have the most absolutely normal life, but you can identify as whatever you want. And some people seem to be enjoying the freedom quite a bit. And it seems... Kind of stupid to me, because uh, a lot of these people are just seem to me like they're just kind of what they always sort of plan to be, but they're just taking a little ride somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, this, this really took me by surprise. Black China is shutting down her OnlyFans. No way. I don't believe it. That's kind of what I thought. Uh, she says, it's a dead end, and I know I'm worth way more than that. Oh, what you going to do then? From who? What do you mean from who? Who's going to pay her more than oh, what only no one? Oh, no one. No one. She says she wants to set an example for her kids, and she's been such a great example for her kids, of course, always. <laughs> 10-year-old King Cairo with Tyga and 6-year-old Dream with Rob Kardashian. 
Uh, she did it because that sounded like she was putting on OnlyFans. She said, oh, but shout out to people still on OnlyFans and stuff like that. Get your money, but don't let your money make you. I got bigger fish to fry. Oh, good. That's good. She allegedly has made $240 million on OnlyFans. Wow. She's the biggest OnlyFans earner, I think, in the history of OnlyFans. Wow. Which I can't understand why her. What are people looking at? What is it? Well, she's got great big boobs. She has a gigantic ass. ass. I mean, the biggest ass. But I personally, I just find her... I guess some people think she's really beautiful. I don't. I, and plus, she's a really ugly person. I mean, she's just one of the most unlikable people I could ever imagine. Huh. I've never seen her in any situation where I found her more likable. <laughs> like, I've seen her on a couple podcasts. One that she walked off of when the guy asked a perfectly reasonable question, in my opinion. Uh, I don't oh, get it. Okay. okay. Um, but, oh, you know, wow. as far as those numbers, you know, like, Bad Baby, uh, apparently she really did make a shit ton of money on OnlyFans when she turned 18. Yeah. Like, the day after she turned 18, she joined OnlyFans. She made a million dollars the first day. Wow. And she claims to have made over $50 million on OnlyFans. All I know is she did pay $7 million cash for a home in Florida. And she lives big. And so does Black China. She's got like three Rolls Royces. She's got three Maybachs. She's got Lamborghinis. She's got all these cars. And I, I thought she was having some kind of financial trouble. But su according to a lot of people, she is like the queen of OnlyFans. But she's quitting. So I don't know what that's all about. Oh. Maybe she's sick of... Uh, <laughs> Taking nude pictures there's every kind, day. That would kind get of kind of old. That's the kind of content you get on our OnlyFans. So, you know, yeah. cool. But I don't. Why do people pay twenty bucks a month for? I mean, why would anybody, why anybody pay any money over and nudity. over and over and over when there's so much fucking porn online? It just seems so weird. I guess it sounds like what happens is people make big tip money because they pretend like. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm so glad you're following me. Yeah, could you send me a private video? Um, well, that's going to cost you. And then for a couple pictures oh, where right. they're like waving to the person and they sign it, they'll they'll pay you know, a few hundred bucks. I don't, it's wow. it's so dumb. I find I feel dumb describing it. What are, are dudes just using it to is that That's their their Entertainment, I guess. And, you know, there's this big gap. There's this giant gap to understand. <laughs> between uh, people in their 20s who either are have any kind of a sex life going on with a partner or don't. And it sounds like women in their 20s, much larger numbers have boyfriends than guys in their 20s have girlfriends. And a lot of people are trying to explain this. And it sounds to me like <laughs> the best explanation they've come up with is Guys really like porn. They don't really need a girlfriend. They're just busy playing video games and watching porn, and right. they're not interested. And women are trying to do something a little more... Duh. Uh, <laughs> with a little more long-term meaning at that point in their lives. But a lot of these guys aren't. And the gap is big between women in that age group that want to couple up and guys that want to couple up. So, I don't know. It's really strange. I mean, the numbers have never quite worked out that way before. Usually, it's fairly close. Yeah. I, I think, though, that whole attitude has spilled over into other generations now, too. I masturbate a lot. Of people who are just... <laughs> people who are just Happily like, single? Well, yeah. They, they don't want anything substantive. They yeah, just, I, I mean... I don't want to... Definitely more of that. 
Uh, but it seems to be in a, a runaway freight train if you're in your 20s. It's right. a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. It feels like everyone's selfish and they just want their own time. It's yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that reminds me of another um, weird number. Yeah, this is coming. You have sex with myself. Uh, right. <laughs> there's there's a exactly. new uh, piece of data that came out recently, and it's starting to infiltrate. Everyone's talking about it because it's really very meaningful that you have these multi-generational households where grandparents move in with their kids or kids move in with their grandparents or kids move back in with their parents or you have literally generation of grandparents, parents, kids all in the same house. Yeah. And it's described as being a financial maneuver because of inflation and because of the inability to keep up with expenses that, that a lot of families are just doubling up but in I, homes. I like it when you uh, when they do a news story on it and they talk to someone like, it's a cultural thing. You know, uh, back in uh, whatever country we <laughs> came from, you know, you always <laughs> lived with your family. So it's totally cool, like, which I feel like it's a little justification why they haven't gotten on with their Yeah, lives. I don't think it's really that cool. I think when people have the freedom to be on their own, they'll yeah. usually choose it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if there are other elements of the family that aren't able to be on their own, then, you know, maybe it's necessary... On some level, at least for a certain amount of time, but it's really becoming commonplace. And I forgot the number was insane. Like 60 million Americans are living in multi-generational homes, which is like one in every six. Hmm. That's a lot. Uh, and and uncommon. My kids are not living with me. <laughs> Once no, we'll they get see. out, they're gone. Uh, no. Your parents will move in then. No, I'll move out. That's your choice. <laughs> Those three can live together. I'll move out. Then the other social media story I thought this was funny was... <laughs> And I, maybe you can find this clip. I doubt it. I was looking for it today because I wanted to send it to you. It's this podcast. I don't even know the name of the show. It's a combination of guys and girls. There's probably like six or eight people who are miked. And they're talking about issues relating to sexuality, trans, LGBTQ. But all the people on there, there's some who are cisgender. There's some that are gay. There's some that identify as something in between. So anyway... The girls are sort of quizzing the guys, and they're talking about trans, and they're, they're asking this guy if he would have sex with, a, or he would date, or be in a relationship with a trans woman. And the guy's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, well, if I was in a relationship with a trans woman, I'd be in a relationship with a guy, and I don't want to be with a guy. <gasps> what like, a penis. That was not true. Of course, the whole room erupts, and then um, he's like, um, no, that'd be like I'm gay, and I'm not gay. I don't know. I, I don't want to be with a trans woman. I'm not going to have sex with a trans woman. And the, the, there's like five women in the room. They all walk off the podcast because they're what? so angry. Really? Yeah. So if you are a, um, if you are a heterosexual man and you deny or you suggest that you will not consider trans women among your possible dating or permanent mates, then you will face the anger of some white women. I guarantee you that. It's, why do I, when I see these where, where can I find it? Why is What's it always... Wrong? Is you gay or something? <laughs> I don't know. It was getting a few headlines, but I, I lost it somewhere. I meant to send it to myself, and I didn't. So it's not a big deal. It was like a one-minute-long clip. It was kind of funny, but huh. somebody will probably resend it to me is what will probably happen. Why would this matter so much to these young women? I get the feeling that young women are the biggest bleeding hearts for everything right now. <laughs> what is that? Why would these women w not understand... Okay, he's a heterosexual guy. He's not interested in dating trans women. Sure. I, it's probably, I mean, the way he stated it probably upset them. 
But I would think a lot of heterosexual guys would say, no, trans women, I'm just not attracted. Well, if, That wouldn't shock me if they said that. If everything is okay, then why isn't that okay? <laughs> that's a great question. I mean, yeah, why is he supposed to be okay? Tyler? Penis? <laughs> no, that's really, you're absolutely right. That's totally we're, preposterous. We're all supposed to accept everything, so what's, why is that the possible exception? Like, I don't know, well. because, because you have to follow certain things. You have to be in the program or you're not in the program and you don't not in Somebody any program then. <laughs> anyway, I'll try to find it. It was funny. If I'm going to get drilled in the ass, I'd love to know the size of the fellow's dick first. <laughs> Good commentary. <laughs> uh, do we know what happened in the stock market today? Oh, yeah, it was God, just a, a, a tick down. Oh, okay. Wow, that's I amazing. Mean, that's Nas okay. NASDAQ was up. Um, some people are saying that when the Fed meets, mm -hmm. is that next week? Uh, it's pretty soon, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a little jangled nerves. I mean, there were a lot of jangled nerves last week over Silicon Valley Bank. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a very big deal. They still maintain a lot of it was a creation of their own, you know. Oh, absolutely. It was a creation of their own. No, there, there was a lot of crypto related to it because they were loaning. Well, that's Signature Bank out In of the New UK. York. No, New York oh. Signature Bank, which was the other takeover. Yeah. But SVB, their issue the venture was, capital and also low interest bonds. They have a lot of tech, right? A lot of tech um, interest. Invest, and they they shot up in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and put a lot of money back into the bank, right? So those loans they made paid off. Now they're fl they were flush with cash, and they're like, oh, what do we do with all this cash? Let's buy a shitload of ten year bonds, which is fine in theory but I, you would rather yeah, have a shorter bond interest rates went up really fast they went up fast they didn't yeah. react so, they so then fucked. those bonds were all underwater so they sold a lot of it off to the tune of what losing one and a half billion i think oh, did, did anyone see any morning tv related to this topic yeah oh yeah where'd you see trudy um today you probably either top story on, show top story on cbs and good morning did, did anyone <laughs> thought i'm very suspicious that uh, Nate Burleson was dreamweavering when he was interviewing the lady <laughs> explaining this. Jill Schlesinger. Yeah, he, he totally was. And by the way, did she say, did she say, thanks, brother, at the end of that? Did she? Which oh, I let's, was like, let's find it. Because okay. honestly, I swear, first I noticed I was dreamweavering. Mm. Then I noticed that Nate was dreamweavering. <laughs> and I felt like he was just asking questions on the sheet in front of him. Oh, Because he probably. wasn't really, I played it back and I realized he's not really responding what she's saying. <laughs> I think she ends it by something really hip. Uh, that of Washington Mutual back in 08. Um, what will be the ripple effect of it now in 2023? Well, I think that Janet Yellen, as part of the team that really did focus in the financial crisis, understood that we needed to get ahead of any potential ripple effects. That's why they announced those emergency measures. I want to point out something that's very different between Who isn't dreamweavering now? Number one, this is an idiosyncratic situation. Oh, no, a I'm bank dreaming. that does I'm business with startups, tech, crypto, is different than all the banks being involved in the mortgage business. The other thing that's Nate's important, his head. when I we don't did think the he bailout means back in 2008, so we bailed tight. out the companies, their shareholders, and management. The government is not doing that. They're protecting the depositors. <laughs> but remember, shareholders I and management, question. they've lost all their money in, the, in this company. The, vet, the Fed said U.S. banking is resilient. Is it, though? I think it really is. They've done a much a better job question. in that making That did not have much sure to do with what she banks, said either. The largest, most significantly important financial institutions are SIPIs, G-SIPIs, the big the global ones. They have to have more money on hand. But as Errol mentioned, 
attention. When you wa water down regulations, when you tailor the regulations to <laughs> small and medium-sized banks, <laughs> this is the flip side of that, and it is dangerous. That's why people are blaming Trump for this, too. Okay, there it was. Did she say thanks, brother? Oh, I missed it. I'm sorry. When you water regulations, when you tailor the regulations to help small and medium-sized banks, this is the flip side of that, and it is dangerous. Keeping it real with Dollar Dollar Jill. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate you. Brad? Thanks, bruh. Brad? Brad? Who's filling in for Gail this morning? Yeah, who is that chick? Michelle Miller. She sometimes does 48 hours. Pretty attractive. Yeah. There's a lot of good true crime. Was that... Uh, Where'd she come from? Was 2020 the one about the girl who got... Um, she was at the bar, and she disappeared. Did you see that story at all? She's a mother of three. She just broke up with her boyfriend that day, so she goes to the bar to celebrate. And guess what? Never came home. So immediately all the attention is on the guy she just broke up with. Right. Have you? Did you see that story? Or have you I seen that swear, story? I could swear I watched 2020. This Maybe week. it was Dateline. It was one of the, I just I can't keep them separate in my mind. I didn't watch Dateline, so my fear is that it's Dateline. I've never seen a guy that was so... I mean, he was bawling, like, in the police interviews, and mm -hmm. they were still just drilling him, like, you had something to do. Because they broke up, which, why wouldn't they? And this guy is just, the problem but was- if they just broke up, obviously he has feelings for her. The problem was, when the police were like, hey, we'd like to talk to you, he's like, no, no, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. So they finally interviewed him, and they finally were like, well, why, why didn't you want to talk? He goes, because everybody was already accusing me of doing it. And I'm like, well, that's why you talk to him, to rule yourself <laughs> so out. did he do it? No. Oh, he didn't. Okay. No, it was a completely rando guy who had murder had raped somebody like a month earlier and then took off to Mexico. But I thought the most interesting thing was when he re-entered the country because the cops fooled him about having a job. Oh, uh, oh kind of like Tiger fooled uh, his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> or, or the old Super Bowl he's ticket on thing. Vacation. It's awesome. So he's crossing the border back into Mexico, and they're like, "Oh, well, what are you doing in Mexico?" He's like, oh, my, was at my grandma's funeral. Oh, really? When'd she die? Uh. <laughs> what, what cemetery is she buried at? Uh. Oh. So that's when they that's when they caught him and then realized, oh, there's a warrant for this dick. Uh. So a guy from Colorado, an, an officer, drove all the way down there to pick him up and then drove him all the way back. And talk about one awkward car ride. Like, wouldn't that be really awkward? Why the guy just they, blabbed the whole time. Why wouldn't they finding have Rita? An officer yes. in Texas yeah. maybe take him all the way to Colorado? Yeah, I, well, I think because they wanted to record him, anything he said. Because uh, okay. that's a perfect way to interrogate with a lot of silence. The guy yapped and yapped and yapped and yapped. Did you see 48 Hours? I did not, know. All right. Before I go into 48 Hours, I just want to mention to subscribe to our YouTube because... We just want you to. There's no, no there's, there might be something in it for you. I don't know. Actually, no, there probably is something in it for you because eventually we'll get to making some original material. Eventually, we'll say, hey, you like the show so much. Well, Thursday show, part of it's going to be on YouTube. So you'll have to go to YouTube. Really? Yeah. Huh. Maybe. Wow. We might. Just to make people listen on YouTube. Well, there's a lot more camera switching today. That's exciting. There's my, there's your reason to go watch, right? Yeah, there's, um, there's a, uh, there's a learning curve. It's going up. It's going down, I should say. But on 48 Hours, subscribe to YouTube, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. On 48 Hours, it was about this, this woman who was married. And there's some kind of a scrap. And she calls the police. Oh, my God. Uh, I think he might be dead. 
Willie is dead because they got into a physical scrap and she stabbed him. She was like, okay, she claimed, yeah, I was holding a knife because I was afraid of him because he beat me up all the time. And he came running to me, and so I just went like that, and I hit his carotid artery. She hit an artery oh, in his neck, wow, and he great bled luck. to death like Good aim. boom, like that. Excellent, excellent aim. So they tried to say that, uh, okay, I thought her acting, I have 48 hours, by the way. I thought her acting was horrible when she got to the police station. I thought she was so fucking fake. I can't even describe how fake I thought she was. I, I don't know why, but... When I first was listening to the story in general, I just thought, oh, I don't know if they're going to find her guilty because he's a guy and it's a knife. It's not like she shot him in the head or something in the yeah. bed. It was obviously there was a little scramble. Okay, here she is. This is a good part. I thought, yeah. I th it can't happen anymore. Is this early in the show? No, I jumped forward 37 minutes in. Oh, I, go I back to the beginning. Oh. I mean, she's in the police station way before that, I think. Like probably, I don't know, 10 minutes in or so. Well, maybe that was 10 minutes in because it started late. Which show is this? I don't know. Some dumb CBS show. Really that dumb. Count David Wimp likes. Oh, that's right. Hey, You're right, Mark. It started at like 1040. So fortunately, I recorded the show after oh, it. Nice. I would not have seen the end. It's a rack on her, though. She has quite the she rack. She has a huge rack. She's a stripper. Doesn't, doesn't you know, like... She uh, lived in Worcester. <laughs> Worcester, Mass. Yeah. You know how the Whoa. boobs get in the way when they swing a golf club, according to that one guy at one time? Doesn't it get in her way of stabbing somebody? You'd think. The she met him working at the titty bar. Nice. Uh, he was her best customer at the titty bar. Oh, look how cute they look. My mom <laughs> met him when I was six years old. I don't know. If, <laughs> has anyone ever married a stripper and had it work out really well? Yeah. Married their personal favorite stripper? No. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm tired of paying her. You know, she's my favorite stripper. He like to work out, so he was really big. Because they got married, and he didn't like it when she stripped years. after that, which is, what an asshole. There was a lot of signs in the beginning. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants their fucking wife Who stripping? Didn't I mean, this person doesn't marry, it seem like it would be... Didn't that person marry a dancer? Yes. They're very happy. They are, you're right. Oh, wait. Who is that person? Now I have to see. Can you read my handwriting there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the answer to that is no. What? The answer to what? They're not happy. Oh, they're not oh, happy. Oh. I'm sorry to hear this. No happily ever after, I don't think. Oh, okay. okay. For sure. Well, that's my theory. I down and I saw... Marion Strippers, uh, you know, like, they got all these guys climbing on? all over them. Like, I knew Andy was hurt. I knew my mom was... Did that person... ...in distress <laughs> and just no. was crying. Oh, okay. You can see blood. Yeah. Blood, footprints, oh, man, all over the place. Blood everywhere. Is there no so, bleach so in wait, that house? She's the murderer. I didn't even know what to think. I just remember. Yes, she is the stripper. The stripper is okay? the murderer. I didn't know she where she was. So but show me her in the she police station. I think you just need to go ahead a little bit more. Yeah, there's a the whistle. The 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 there she is. Right, right. Is that <laughs> right? It was right here. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Like I didn't even know what to think. I just remember. Wanting to make sure my mom was okay, cause oh, she has a I didn't know where she went. She was just taken. Please, please, I, I, I need someone. Please, I don't know what to do. Like I'm gonna freak out. Like I'm gonna <laughs> Is happening. There's only two people no. in the house, and we can only talk to one of them. Where did all the blood come from, Stephanie? This is Andrew's blood. Alright, we're gonna go, we're gonna go, okay? I'm out the glass. Please, tell me he's alive and in the hospital bed. 
Boy, she's, she's on the floor. What a terrible actress. But I would That's like to see kind of what I thought. I'd like to see her nude. Okay, yeah, I think, I think, she I think after good. the commercials, um, yeah, I examined her over the course of the sixty minutes. And I don't think I want to see her nude. Actually, <laughs> what? I mean, maybe I, I wouldn't mind seeing her tits, but well, I mean, not it. there, not right after she murders someone. I don't want her going. I on didn't mean stage. It like that. No, I just don't find her face attractive. Oh, okay. Rushed by paramedics to the hospital. And that was the accent. <laughs> he was led into an interrogation room and interviewed for almost well, plus she three murdered this guy. Hours. She wore a really tight shirt in the interview. I know. It's, maybe that's really? what I'm thinking about. I can't even talk. Like, he's my life. It doesn't even matter. Like, I love him so much. She's talking like Donovan Sings. Why is she holding her boob so much? She's bouncing all over the room. They're going to fall out. <laughs> She's falling on the ground again. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear nothing. And if anything bad happened to my family, please don't tell me. Because I don't want to hear nothing. I know I look psycho. Please. Yeah, you Stephanie, just for right now, I just want to get some basic information from okay. you. Detective William Perro. Oh, her nipples are incredibly question. hard. Maybe that's why she's... Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. nice, see? Jeez. Well, why don't you cry about it? Saddlebags? Right her nipples get hard from murdering. That's what it is. Right now, we can't talk to Andrew. I can talk to you, okay? Why can't you talk to him? The officers press on, telling Stephanie that Wagner is in the hospital. Wags! Stephanie appears to settle down a bit. Is it Wags from Patton Wags? Is it a pet still caper? Oh, yeah. You have a lot of blood on you. And that's, I would assume that's Andrew's blood? Yes, yeah, that this is Andrew's blood. Stephanie changes into a white cover-up. That's, that's not nearly as hot. Interview <laughs> finally learns Andy's fate. Oh, here we go. Andrew is no longer with us. <laughs> and there's a reason why that happened, but we don't know that reason yet. <laughs> she also does that. She does that thing where she puts her hand up to her face, but can't quite get it onto her head. <laughs> An autopsy would later hmm. reveal <laughs> after being stabbed in the neck. Can I see him? Stephanie was later charged with first degree murder. I can't believe I never, never, and never would. That's her now? Kill someone, yeah. harm someone ah. in that way on purpose. Stephanie Fernandez is talking publicly for the first time about the death of her fiance. Yeah, so, well, you saw you saw the acting. That was about, that was all. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, she's found guilty <laughs> of murder. Guilty of bad acting. Look at that. Look at those tits, man. You wouldn't. Want to I agree. That's, that's a good. very favorable picture. Oh God, why are you taking a picture making out with your man, whatever? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they were the weirdest couple <laughs> because she made it seem like. Yeah, he was just so insecure. Oh, my God. Just because I'm stripping and I'm blowing a couple guys a week over the strip club when I get carried away. I mean, jeez. <laughs> she didn't say that. But Someone's got to make the money. I mean, that's kind of what she said. I got to pay my bills. What else am I going to do? Love like, stripping is the only, only thing well, I mean, she could her. ever do to make money. She's not going to go into acting. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so this whole thing is I'm a victim. He was a controlling, stalking, crazy but then, once they get the phones, they find out that 
Well, she seems to kind of stir things up herself because she's got texts like he's, I forgot what he was mad about. And she goes, uh, she goes, I'm going to fuck your friends. Oh, that's nice. Wow. <laughs> Stuff like that. That'll get him back. Basically, you know, whatever the worst thing in the world she could do, she would suggest and, <laughs> and sort of a little bit of an escalator, in my opinion. So why, I, I must have missed this. Why did she murder him? Because he was going to murder her. Which yeah, I never okay, think okay, that no, works. But, it's but, like to me, the Menendez brothers. Yeah, we had to kill our parents because they were going to kill us. Yeah, preemptive. Like, but right. you've been alive for 21 and 19 years and they've never killed you. Why are they going to kill you right now? <laughs> and also, you're adults of age. One of you doesn't live in the house. So, how are they going to kill you? The other one certainly has the wherewithal to get out of the house. Right. They weren't being chased down at that moment. So, why were they so sure that they had to kill? Kitty and Mr. Menendez first before they killed them. I mean, it was preposterous. No, I know she says that that's why she had to kill him, but what was the real reason she had? I mean, what did the prosecution think? Like, why did she really have to kill him? Was he going to break they, up with her? Was it? No, money? I don't think he was. I, I don't. I kept honestly, nagging I her about work. Why, I don't know why she killed him. I she wanted to keep stripping is what you're saying? Yeah. I think, I think they just had another big argument, and she gave... Oh, probably as good as she got. Uh, um, and I thought she, and I think this is true of a lot of people surrounding this case. I think that they felt that she really exaggerated his misbehavior because um, some people did not see it this way. I mean, some people did, of course. His family just, you know, was absolutely wanted her convicted for life in prison, and she only got 10 years. He's so a troubled were, guy. They were really pissed about that. But that happens with a lot of cases along those lines where, you know, somebody's dead. And usually if, if you don't have a, a criminal record and you kill someone, they had 10 years. Huh, really? Yeah, well, unless you plan know. it. I mean, unless it's premeditated or something. I mean, I, I, honestly, I sometimes when I see people get life in prison, I'm like, wow, they got him for life? That's great. Because most murders, they don't get him for life. And if it's a cold case or something, it's always a relatively short sentence for a cold case. Um, I don't know why, because they've fucking gotten away with it for 20 years already. Why did yeah. they get a break now? <laughs> I know. That doesn't make any sense. They still did it. No matter if they were an upstanding citizen in between. Yeah, fuck somebody that. Somebody used to Who argue cares? about the Nazis. Oh, he's been a model citizen. Yeah, the guys who were Nazi guards and that. Oh, look, they 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 tended their garden. They were regulars in the community. They were great. For, like Johnny they, D. Yeah, like Johnny D. I know. Now but that was one of the great fakeouts of all time. Put people to death when he pretended to be nuts. <laughs> uh, Mark, I sent you DTE talking to Devin Skillian. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. This is a really exciting interview. I thought because. We get all the excuses that we're so tired of. I wish to God that DTE would stop telling us the same shit over and over. Like, stop telling us how great your 4,000 linemen are. Nobody questioned them. We know they're under immense pressure because you suck. So that's not unimportant. Stop saying it's a historic ice storm because we've heard that a million times. Stop telling us how much you're investing. Whatever is not enough. I mean, it's been going on. You have sucked for too long. Um, stop telling us about repair times and the you know why they're so poorly estimated. Just stop telling us the grid is old. Uh, stop all this bullshit. Yeah, stop lying. Yeah, just I mean 
Honestly, isn't it time to just blow out their executives? Isn't it time for new management at DTE? Wouldn't they, that be the best thing you could possibly hear? They did that, cut. Oh, though. I can be mad at all at new people. I just don't think anything will still change, though. No, I don't either. But if you're not going to be punished, why would you ever change the way you operate? It's incredible that Devin asks them. He actually nails him down on how long is this going to take, and wait till you hear this. How far? Just how far play in? where I I sent it. Like, did I say how long in? Or did I not? Uh, you did not. You just sent the link. Is it queued? It's twelve minutes now. Mm -mm. I didn't queue it. No, I didn't come across that way. Does it not? Come, does it not show the queue time? Uh, this or one just didn't. won't show it being in the middle. No. God damn it! Why is this so fucking hard? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I queued it. Yeah, it starts right at yeah, right at zero. Okay, start at like uh, go to like six minutes or so. He looks like he's straining to do some explaining right there. He is. No, it's all he's doing is just excuse after excuse. Oh, oh my God, these historical storms happen all the time. Two weeks before this all happened, we're requesting a rate increase. You need more investment, but the timing was not lost on a lot of people. You're going to ask me more for more money when my service is what it is. Well, what uh, the reality is, is that for four years, we have not asked for a price increase. Yeah, and you shouldn't uh, have. In our yes. delivery rates. Because <laughs> you suck. $8 billion yeah. into the grid. And uh, if we're going to invest another $9 billion in the grid, we're asking uh, for... No, I think you should make less money. That's what I think. Because you know, you're a poor performer. Without any increase and also some future investments. Uh, I want to get to... We've, we've received a ton of questions for me to ask you. Yes. Devin does a really One good job, them, I thought. Uh, I spent hundreds yeah. of dollars on hotels and food, and DTE is only giving me a $35 credit. Why yeah. can't you Deal reimburse me for the total losses? I want to ask you about the $35 credit. A lot of people Listen found that insulting. And a lot of people were telling me it was worse than giving me nothing. Yep. What is $35 Amen. for? Well, look at the $35, I would agree, is not going to cover the type of then give more. that an extended outage uh, would cause, you know, uh, hotel stays, uh, loss of food, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm not even and close. And when we work with our regulator, we're trying to find a balance for how much do we reimburse for an outage versus how much do we reinvest and making a few. Oh, better. that's so <laughs> meaningful to the person that lost all that, that money. Oh, that, they re you've reinvested it for me. That's so nice. That'll help so many more people. What a bullshit answer. <laughs> Can I just it's say such this? Such bullshit. You could also reinvest all this money you're spending on advertising on radio. And not hey. to mention, did you? Sorry. But, well, seriously, though, come on. You can make it elsewhere. Know, it's fucking me. ridiculous. Every time I hear an ad, I'm mad at everybody. I'm mad at the station running it. I'm mad at the sales staff who made the commission off it. I'm most mad at DTE. Um, Fuck you. I don't want to hear your ads. Spend the money you spend on this ad on more help. But have you... I mean, just wailed Trudy's camera. Sorry. Um, okay. No problem. <laughs> oh, did you get? Cool. Did you get in the mail um, the updated thing about the rating? Cool. It was actually be like, "Hey, hey, <laughs> stay off me! Get away from me!" <laughs> Wait, do, it, do it again. This is better right there. There's Trudy. Get away from me! Get away from me! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Don't break this high quality equipment. Yeah. Uh, but what I was going to say is, I don't know if either of you got in the mail the big explainer about how your rates are growing, going up in peak hours. Yes. Oh, um, yeah, that was great timing, too. Okay. I did not see that. But you, but you got it in the mail, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. It's fucking huge. And all I can think of is, what is the printing cost on this? Why no, isn't that being reinvested in a lot of money on that? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know. That just really pissed me just off. Just so that you know, uh, we've partnered with local agencies on um, supplying 
uh, food resources to customers that are have the least oh, amount of resources suck it. amongst, amongst what us. A hero. Food customers. agencies making up for your shit work? That were, uh, Fuck that. As well as generally a great number of those that uh, are in need of, of food What resources. a talking so head weasel oh, yahoo this guy is. Uh, one of the other questions <laughs> Seriously. What is being done? You've talked about this Is he a, a professional excuse maker? Yeah, that's why he's president of DTE. <laughs> into the spring, we know that's really when we're supposed to get ice storms. We have uh, future problems ahead of us. What can we do in the short term Pay more. to try to make sure that we don't have Reinvest. That we just need to continue investing. Ah, this is going to be right. a long-term solution. Ah. Uh, you know, hmm. the, this year is taking a long time. Decades. <laughs> and as we uh, tackle mile after mile of the grid uh, and be remain persistent mm -hmm. and continue to invest, we mm -hmm. need to invest heavily in this grid to prepare it for two things. One is the fact that worsening uh, pattern uh, Climate patterns are worsening. And they yeah, for everyone, they're worsening. So why are you so much worse than everyone else? <laughs> it's the most powerful storm I've ever seen, and I've seen three storms. Are fundamental in the future prosperity of Michigan. We need a reliable grid, a safe well, grid. Well, then do it. That's a yeah, I know. We, we know that you suck. Those who are very cynical about the, trans, uh, the transfer into EV, the EV future, this is one of the things they point out that our grid is in no way ready for that. You look at the investments that the, the, that the state is making right now. Uh, are you convinced that we can handle it? We can handle it if we continue to make the investments that we're making in the grid. You know, as we continue to transform yes. uh, the yes. of our grid. If the government gives us more money. In over the next five years, it's going to fundamentally change in five years. And in 10 years, uh, we'll have invested perhaps over $20 billion in the grid. It is a significant investment. Are shareholders for, part of the for, grid? Uh, both of these eventualities, which uh, just wondering. Uh, if they live yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Other patterns as well as uh, EV demand. We're attaching about 1,000 EVs uh, every month to our grid. Uh, Roger. Governor Whitmer said uh, this past <laughs> week, we've got to make sure that we've got accountability here. She's talking about you, isn't she? There's none. I think she's talking about me and the entire company. And uh, <laughs> we're happy to be accountable for the professional we excuse makers. the quality of the grid. Uh, like I said, 75% of the grid uh, operated just fine during a historic ice storm. 75%? <laughs> that your threshold level? Uh, what is that in school? Isn't that like a C minus? Customers that can sustain that. Electricity, that's an F minus. F, yeah. Uh, the last question I wanted to ask then if we are Listen the fifth this. worst in the country this at reliability, oh. how long can it reasonably take for us to move up much, much higher where we belong? I would say that uh, you know we've been investing heavily for the in last the five years, and over the next five years, I think we will climb that oh, ladder. So five to years, being at least median. Oh, to get in the middle! Wow, that's we're great. We're going to continue to uh, build a best-in-class grid and build a flawless grid for our customers and for the citizens. This is great. They deserve it. Which takes how long, though? I would say it would take a decade. A decade. Ten years. Oh, class. What? I do have actually one more question because this is the other question that we get all the time. Ten Places, years. Uh, it's gonna take and what if you don't do it in 10 years? Then what do we do? Go, oh, how much more time do you need? <laughs> as expensive as it is, doesn't it make more sense to get those power lines down and put them in the ground? As expensive as it can be, look how expensive it was to keep them in the air these past couple of weeks. Well, it's yeah. a great question, and about a third of our system is underground now. Uh, Two-thirds that was built before the 1960s uh, is above ground, uh, especially in the uh, sort of residential neighborhoods. All residential neighborhoods that are built today and also commercial establishments all go underground. Uh, we are looking to see, can we bring the cost down? Because right now it's a multiple putting lines Can we have someone else take a crack at this? Multiple times more than <laughs> yeah. putting the lines. Can we just, 
uh, this can't guy. They just to blow all those can't affected, we just blow I want out. to say, we are deeply sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. I mean, it really does amount to no, this, doesn't it? No, just blow out the We're entire sorry. management of DTE. They have failed. They've failed for a long, long time, and they conti- they plan on continuing to fail for another 10 years to get to the middle. Oh, I'd say with another decade or so, we could be in the middle. It's like, oh, boy, you set such high goals. <laughs> and you're so, I mean, you give yourself such a strict timeline. A decade? That's all? Come on. Are you kidding? A decade? I don't think he thought he was saying that. <laughs> but it's... He did though. It's he said, it, "Well, yeah. to get to the middle, I mean, we like to do better, yeah, but well, about 10 how years. long would that be? Uh, decade? A decade? That guy can't even be working in a decade. He's old. Yeah, he'll be, he'll he'll have be a fucking nice, gone with a nice retirement pra- pa- package. I mean, did were you? Did you feel a lot more comfortable after watching that interview? <laughs> I did not. No. <laughs> Fuck no. Like, did you see the headline today? DTE Energy cut operations to meet profits months pissed. months before power outages. <laughs> they did what? Wait, what? It's uh, it's from Bridge, Michigan. It's yeah, great. great cut decided. operations to meet profits months before the power oh, outage. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, no, they they really seem to give a shit only about their profits. Well, they're and publicly. That whole thing about well, I, uh, what do we do? Give you guy refund you for costing you hundreds of dollars, or do we put it towards reinvestment? Oh my God, if you're asking me. I don't care about all the shit I lost. Just reinvest. I'm for the greater good. What? You fucking prick. You're saying that, oh, money for DT is more important than money for you, you asshole. You're only one person, but hey, we're the lar- we're the greater good. No, you're not. You're the greater bad. <laughs> the greater bad. I mean, after losing hundreds of dollars in electrical outages four or five times. I mean, it starts to add up, DTE. Or put it in a re- or I'd say put it in a reinvestment. I don't need the money. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so you decided for me is what you're saying. Well, you know, we could have given you more than 35, but uh, it was between you and reinvesting, and we chose reinvesting because that's money for us. Well, what a great decision for me. I'm so glad there's someone on my side. What the fuck? Who are they going to complain to? Their parents? They did give ice out a couple years ago. I bought, I got a bunch of ice from them. So ice. When it, Expensive ice. <laughs> you know, when they had a power outage uh, during my shoulder, shoulder yeah. operation. Yeah, it shows how much they care. They brought ice to you in the hospital? No, no, I I, I had to go <laughs> get ice. <laughs> like, in my... You know, my little, uh, you know, my orthopedic arm thing, my sling. Oh. And showed up and I got a bunch of sympathy eyes. So. I'm not very impressed by that gesture. I just feel like it's similar also, to $35. I, it would be better if he answered every question with. I don't want to hear you whining. <laughs> I, would just, I would just say that before he answered. But, all right, enough about DTE. Trudy, there's been a deluge of data uh, that has been sent to me in the last few days concerning your $20 monthly fee <laughs> to be first in line. Uh-huh. And uh, Ron, Ron was among the many respondents that he does not want to be accused of mansplaining, <laughs> but he wants to attempt to fill in a few blanks that maybe you could not fill in. Okay. He thinks the $20 monthly fee that you pay uh-huh. to be in front of the line for AC repairs, sure, sure. that that probably, he hopes... That includes a couple of servicing visits. It does. Okay. Yeah. Um, he feels that uh, the t- that you probably have two to three visits per year uh-huh. for maintenance, mm-hmm. and that the subscription based service is common, and also that in many cases, in fact, in 
quite a few cases, he considers this to be a bit of a caper to upsell and provide additional <laughs> services for people. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. With the, you know, the the ultimate, I guess, for many people's feeling that, well, I'm at the front of the line, so, uh, you know, yeah. heads up, here I come. <laughs> Very important person coming. I'm at the front of the line. Uh, and also, you do get the maintenance, but he thinks it's kind of a, I don't know. He wasn't really impressed with the idea, but he did say it was very common in the business, and it, he considered it kind of a caper. So, I, I've been thinking of actually, yeah, like cutting it off, ending. The, well, but, how much? How much maintenance? That was the other thing he was asking. Some people were asking other questions, like, "How old is her system?" Oh, and not he, that old at all. Do you need somebody to come over two or three times a year? That seems well, like no, a but lot. they they act as though they have to come every year in the winter. And in the summer, they have to make sure that it's ready for, a for new winter. new system? Yeah. Couldn't Zoobs replace the filter? No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> we actually do do that. Then so I, they, I don't what know. What are they coming? What do they not, do? I, no, nothing. Did most people get their it, maintenance twice a year. You know what? I've, I must have a horrible system I, or something. I have balked at that, and I don't know. I go back and forth between whether I should actually get in this little program and stay in it, and if it's worth it. But then, it's peace of mind, it, isn't it, it? It ends up being. It seems like you know every every checkup then should be free, but it never is. That's the thing. Oh, because they upsell you. I'm, hey, what if you had uh, this free. added to your system? They're like, oh, it's still seventy five dollars. I'm like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. What is this? What's the twenty dollars a month for? You don't, you don't, <laughs> What's that wanna, all about? You want to act like you're tight there at that moment. Because <laughs> you're not dealing with the company, then you're dealing with a service contractor. Hmm. I think I should right. be in touch with Ron. Uh, Ron okay. and his brother listen to the show quite a bit. They they pick up the show from their dad. Mm. They're both in their 30s, I think oh, he nice. said. And there, there's a lot of drops used and a lot of eye rolls at the drops used by the females <laughs> in the family. But, oh well. Really? The ch- yeah. That's chicks what he said. aren't cool? I uh. guess they're not quite as caught up in the show. So he would, all. Ron thinks that I should cancel the twenty. It's a big scam. <laughs> I think that's what he was trying to say. <laughs> Nicely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see. What else? Oh, you know what? We didn't really. Well, it's not really a big deal. Robert Blake died, and uh, Bud Grant died, the coach of the Vikings. Yeah. And he found, most people didn't even know he was alive. <laughs> but Robert Blake, of course, is the subject of my Beretta fests in high school. Mm-hmm. We used to get together for Beretta uh-huh. and get high. I used to watch that a lot. Uh, which I thought was on Thursday night, but I think it was on Tuesday night, actually. Was Beretta on Tuesday? Did you know Tony? Did you know what? I just said it. My trivia question going to be, what was Beretta's first name? Was Tony Beretta? <laughs> which I forgot. Really? But um, I didn't even I, know. I cannot get over the Bonnie Lee Bakley story. What a shitbag story that is in general. Yeah. What a whore she is. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that. I'm sorry. She's dead and everything, but... She was such a slut. I mean, she sold nude pictures of herself. She was like OnlyFans before OnlyFans, wasn't she? Really? Yeah, she Except was an entrepreneur. She was gross. <laughs> I remember her. She wasn't hot at all. No, how did she, how did she get impregnated by Robert Blake? Oh, I he mean, was 70 at the time, wasn't he? Or he was pretty old. He still had that Beretta swagger. Yeah, he was I think he was younger than that. Yeah, he, he did. Actually, You're right. He, he didn't Talk look shit to Wawa. He didn't look bad. I mean, he got old, but he was one of those old dudes. No, he dudes looked okay. Yeah. He was pretty good. He seemed like he was doing okay. Yeah. Inside I mean, Edition had a, nice, uh, had a nice eulogy about his death. Did they? <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was perfectly Inside Edition. Was it all about Bonnie Lee then? 
No, not entirely, but it was their last interview with him where he was totally nuts in his oh. apartment. How could anyone think he didn't kill her? That was ridiculous. They were going to the car, and he's like, oh, my God, I left my gun in the restaurant. And in Crazy. the five minutes, he goes to get his gun in the restaurant and gets back to the car. She's murdered for no reason. That's bad. What bad luck. I mean, what a coincidence. For That's no incredible. reason. Incredible. That's like in that little space of time where Alex Murdoch went to mom's house to check on her, which was a surprise visit, and got back in that 45-minute window, they were murdered. It's so weird. He was with them all day. I didn't think Inside Edition did a great job um, updating us on where his daughter is today. Oh, the, the know, baby? Everybody was wondering That's right. about the, that. Well, the kid is like 22 now. And is this terrible for me to think that she's pretty good? She what? She looks pretty good. The daughter? Yeah. Uh, she does? Well, see her? I mean, uh, yeah, lonely not, I, and broke. Aw. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, that's his car. Oh, poor dude. When he was a major Hollywood celebrity, well, he never after worked Robert after this. Speaking good-naturedly in 2020 about the idea of dying. I'm 86 years old. I've been dead three or four times. It ain't huh? that big. What was this stupid house called? Things. Didn't he have a name for his ranch or something? Stupid house. Up living on Social Security and his Screen Actors Guild pension in this apartment building, oh, hey. not far from a noisy freeway. A 2020. <laughs> Boy, that's insult to injury. Yeah, he lives in a dump now. Not only is he in an apartment, it's right by a really loud freeway. No family, no wife, no kids, none. That's some of his wall artwork. Creative. Well, what about Bakley's kid? Crazy house that I live in because I can't stand for two pieces of furniture to match. I spoke today huh? with Blake's former criminal attorney, Stinks. Gerald Schwartzbach. When was the last time you talked to Robert Blake? About a month ago. He was sick. How could you talk to him on the phone next to that noisy freeway? Home, I think <laughs> where people could take care of him. How did he get Blake found not guilty? How in the don't, fuck? I don't know. He's so guilty. Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oh, in cold blood too. In yeah, cold blood was great. Fame in 1967's In Cold Blood. Tommy Capote's tendrils. He also starred in the 70s yeah. TV detective show. There he is. Murderer oh, should not have tendrils. World's shortest detective. His fall from grace began in 2001 when he was charged with the murder of his wife, yeah, Bonnie Lee Bates. That's a little bit of a fall from Quite grace. A restaurant they had just dined in. The trial was a sensation. Wasn't even a restaurant. So I can't even remember. Mezzaluna? No, no, that that's OJ. OJ. Um, ah, shit. It was another Italian. First degree murder. Blake broke down and sobbed with relief. He was later found Remember civilly his, liable his for Bonnie interview with Laura, Barbara Walters. <laughs> you don't believe me? You think I'm a murderer too? Bonnie Bakley is 22. He's got a tendril there after there, being found not guilty and had limited contact with her father for years. She spoke to Inside Edition. Oh, she's going to have OnlyFans too. Tiny. She's got OnlyFans in her DNA. I think he's responsible for Bonnie's death. I have no idea. I. Don't oh. remember it, obviously. Uh, um, no, I have you fucking studied it, you idiot? It's your mother. Now a sad and lonely ending for a forgotten big star. I have no idea. What a stupid answer. <laughs> I know. She doesn't even really know him. Who, bra who raised her? I thought he was raising her. I thought it was, oh, Robert Blake with that little baby that's left behind. Oh, my God. This is so adorable. No, they said in there, I think she said her half-sister or somebody. Oh, Bakes's? Yeah. Bakes! 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 No, no her half-sister. So I think, yeah. yeah. Bonnie, Bonnie Lee had another kid, I guess. Oh. Uh, Vitello's? Rest, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that sounds delicious. Oh, shit, right I now. left my pistol in Vitello. Oh, my God. I'll be right back, Bonnie. Why didn't she walk back in with him? Because he didn't want her to. Because it didn't happen that way. 
Right. No. no. Fuck no. Did he even That's go back into the restaurant? Yeah, he did. He did? Okay. He intentionally so, left his after gun he shot her. In my opinion. Oh. And so was Pelicano on this one too, or? <laughs> no, I guess I don't know. I, you know, I don't That's think Robert question. Blake's name came up. I don't think Robert Blake had. He didn't have money for a dream. He didn't team. have Pelicano money. I don't think so. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> that is a great two-part series, though. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Um, Although I'm trying to finish because I, I texted you about it, the on Showtime's got a four-part series called "The Twelfth Victim" about Charles Starkweather, that murder spree, the original murder spree that natural which born killers has been so written about. And I mean, but, there's been a lot on that. But Carol, oh, I can't think of her last name though. The girl that was with him. Um, it's mainly about her after the murder and how she. You know, Is she still alive? Yes, and she lives in Southern Michigan. She lived in Hillsdale for a while. Really. Yeah. Was she hot? Or was she hot? Because um, she was 15. He was like, wasn't he like 19 and she was 15? Yeah, I think she was younger. I think I thought it was 18 and 13. Um, Jesus. Which, Creep. by the way, they, they had- Creep murder. They had the transcripts. Creep murder spree person. This is also before the Miranda- Stark! <laughs> before Miranda writes. So, you know, and so, no, she was 14. And so she's being- Charles at, Starkweather? Yeah, Charles Starkweather. Carol, Stark! Carol Ann, God, I can't think of it. But um, the detectives were very interested in, and if they got it on, and they kept asking her these questions like, uh, "Did he put his penis?" They just in wanted. You? They just wanted to know. And they and she <laughs> said nothing to the case. She's like, "Yeah." And, and then they go, "How far in?" What they she goes, what? Uh, like an inch. Uh, so just the tip. She's like, "Yeah, just a little bit." Uh, why didn't he? You're leading he, the witness. Why didn't he Let go? Him say if he put it all in. It just the tip is unusual. Why didn't he go any further? And she's like, "Cause it hurt." <laughs> I don't know. It was a really weird line of questioning that they asked him. Oh, and she also claimed that he she did because they have an interview later in life, and uh, she's like, "Well, now I know that he was impotent." I'm like, "Impotent? The dude was 18 and he was murdering people, and he was impotent. That was what? really, really weird. It's a fucked up story, man. Maybe he needed to kill people to get it up. That's the, why he kept killing people." But the question is, you know, <laughs> was she really a victim or did she participate in this stuff? She was very young, but she was she, she was a little wild herself. She didn't know her parents were dead though, so she claimed. Like, there's a lot of audio and video. I don't know. It's, it's almost convinced me that she wasn't involved in this massive murder. Oh, spree. yeah. Caroline Fugit. Yeah. Yeah, she was uh, <laughs> kind of cute. By the way, when he was arrested. Too bad he couldn't wait a while because she got cuter. <laughs> Fugit, yeah. When he was arrested. Um, he, I'm just saying. I mean, seriously, she's very shallow thought. <laughs> They're driving. No, 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 it wouldn't have mattered. He had to mur murder somebody for him to get it up. Yeah. For right. Just the no, tip. the relationship was doomed from a time standpoint yeah, yeah. because you just can't keep murdering people for every heart on and expect <laughs> to stay together long. It's unsustainable. I love how they got caught. Uh, <laughs> um, they're driving in Wyoming because they're like, we got to get out of Nebraska. They know we've murdered all these people around Lincoln. So uh, let's. It sucks. And as they're uh, listening to the radio, they know they're looking for his last murder victim's car that they're driving. So he's like, I got to get a new car. So he just like. Stop somebody in the middle of the street to basically yeah Cunanan style. So he was like early Cunanan. Or Cunanan was like later so, Stark. So <laughs> he ends up. He goes up to the guy. The guy's like, "I'm not getting out of the fucking car," and he shoots him through the window. Oh. And he's trying to get him out. So now traffic's backed up. Oh man, oh, nice going this road. And then there's plus he's losing his heart on. His heart on has limited time. <laughs> there's a sheriff's deputy um, car. So she got out of their car and ran to it, which is why some people think that she actually was. The 12th victim or kidnapping victim. Mm. So he runs back to his car, which I believe was a Packard, 
And now the cops are all there, and they're like, get out of the car, Fugate, or um, Starkweather. He gets out of the car. Did say Stark? No. Get out of the car, Stark! <laughs> Stark! So he's, he, like, reaches behind his back for something, so they fire a shot at his feet. Oh, And then wow. he walks towards him, so they fire another shot at his feet. Wow, back in the day. Because he's white, he had white privilege! <laughs> and I'm like, boy, things would be a lot different now because he would have just been lit up. Yeah. He was put to death, wasn't he? Yeah, oh yeah. But she Starks. wasn't. She actually got out and then got paroled and I believe three years ago asked for full, uh, what is it, commutation? Clemency? Yeah, or? Clay, yeah. Wait, how old was she when she got out? Uh, 1976, so... Oh, so she was 30s. in her 30s. Yeah. She still had some hot years left. Well, she lived in Lansing, I guess, for a while. And then <laughs> met a guy, got married, I believe. Met a guy? Yeah. Wow. It's a wild story. It's I, I thought the documentary is really. I bet it was wild. always awkward when he just put the tip in from there on out <laughs> for the rest of her life. Starks, <laughs> no, her. Oh, oh all yeah. of her yeah. sexual. I'm not sure he was so cautious. Um, the Boston oh, Strangler. Christ. I've been um, Hulu's trying to get me to watch that, and it looks. What? What's that? It's uh, the based on the true story of the Boston Strangler with Kira Knightley. Wait, wait, wait. wait when was the Boston Strangler? Oh, sixties, right? Oh, okay. There's electricity. I was thinking of the. Uh, yeah. I was thinking of the other strangler, famous strangler, Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Yeah, it was no electricity. I have no interest in those crimes. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a documentary, but you're saying Kira Knightley, so it's just a movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's they, you know, took the Kira Knightley. Trudy, oh. is, that's a stretch. <laughs> Kira Knightley. No, she's a reporter, so they've they've taken it from the position of somebody oh, investigating okay. the murders, and so she, I mean, of course she's hot. I don't she could not be adding, not hot in a movie. I don't disagree with adding a little hotness to the character. Yeah, Kira Knightley, by the way, that would have been out of hand. Have you heard her talk about this? Is why she was doing an interview. Now I now I know why. Um, and I'm trying to find the story, but she her uh, main trauma. What's her main trauma? That she was an object of lust, and it made it, her career very, very hard because guys got you know got boners to her. <laughs> oh, that's her claim. She, well, that's that's yeah. why that's why she wore so many clothes all the time and layers and layers of clothes was because she was so traumatized. Duh. Oh, wait a second. She didn't. In fact, she wore almost nothing a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> There's hot pictures of her everywhere. <laughs> So that, she, she thought oh, she was being typecasted because of we, the pirate uh, movie. Yeah, she Should was. We check Kira's Instagram. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of. But, she's beautiful. But, but man. she didn't. I mean, I bet when she auditioned, she didn't look ugly when she went to auditions, right? I love people to say look ugly. You know, I'm generally pretty happy, but being so attractive is really hard for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. That was like when. John Edwards was running for president, and he was asked, uh, do you think you're too hot to be president? And he would answer the question seriously. go, well, no, it is difficult. Uh, I am very hot, and uh, it is a bit of a distraction because the ladies, of course, think I am so fucking hot, but uh, I do the best I can. <laughs> and I intend to rise above it. His $400 haircuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he thought he was Dick. so hot. Wait, Karen Knightley, why can't no posts on her Instagram? What? Maybe she doesn't have one. She eliminated it. She, she has an account. But it's got no posts. Oh, weird. So she can, uh, she, oh, at least she put her uh, pronouns on there. It's nice. Oh, that's great. What are they? Oh, she, she and her. her. Oh, great. Oh, oh <laughs> speaking of being recognized, because Gary Knightley didn't like to be recognized because Inside Edition's still up. Yeah. Elizabeth Smart changed her hair color because, and by the way, it's the anniversary. I think Monday was yeah. the anniversary of her being found. Yeah. To the, um, was it 10 years? I think right? so. Is that right? Um, so. She changed her hair color because she was in the 
panty section of a store, and someone came up and was like, hey, you're Elizabeth Smart. Oh, God. It freaked her out. So she's like, I have to change my hair color. Well, maybe they were, were they recognizing Briar Bush? Was she in the dressing room? <laughs> hey, the girl that was kidnapped buying panties. Does the panty section have anything to do with the story? It seems to me she's she's it trying to get out. people excited. It scared her, so she had to get a haircut. I was buying panties. Well, I want to remind people uh, to subscribe to our new YouTube, our new improved YouTube page, the Drew and Mike Show YouTube page. Subscribe um, because you'll want to, because there will be some original content on there anyway. The salad story's on there. So is, um, oh, got some gay purviews on there. Bentley's getting, starting to get some of the old stuff as time goes by. And there's more, there's just so much to do. It's just endless. But it's still a great time to buy a home in Michigan as we're early in spring and get ahead of the competition before the busy, busy spring and summer home buying season. And Hall Financial has their Buy Smart program giving you up to $2,500 towards your down payment. Get pre-approved same day with the most credible pre-approval in the industry. The five-star certified pre-approval Hall Financial can even connect you with a top realtor from their exclusive realtor network. They've got local, 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 no matter how local you get, they're with you. Call Hall Financial first at 866-CALL-HALL or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com. And remember, Bentley's um, Bentley's customer said, I had financial problems on the 20th of February, and then in March, I didn't have financial problems because Hall Financial refinanced him and got him out of a messy situation, which a lot of people don't think they realize they have the option. If you're a homeowner, you have many options. So there. Um, so tomorrow... I. Oh, breaking news. I think Brandon might be out of the hospital. Oh, good. Uh, Marcus said he was supposed to get out today. I guess they're going to examine his hands very carefully. Oh, he's on his way home. He's out. All right. Brandon is free. Hope he's not shoveling anytime soon. (laughs) So we may have full drops played by Brandon. Who knows when? Um... Yeah, I'm out of the hospital. Fucking finally, Brandon says he was really getting sick of the hospital. I knew he was feeling <laughs> better. Everybody when he loves eating. hospitals. I will see you tomorrow. See Hey, Eddie, who's the broad and what's she doing in the gym? That's Maggie. She wants to learn how to box, Frankie. Hey, Mr. Bruno, will you train me? I'm 110% pure trailer trash, but I got a heart of gold. But you don't have one of these, and I don't train wool. So why don't you make my day and take your foxy boxing somewhere else? Hey, Frankie, when am I going to fight for the motherfucking title? Look, you've only won 346 straight fights. You're not ready. You don't want to end up like Eddie. Look at that repulsive eye. Damn, Frankie. You know you feel guilty about letting me fight for the title too soon. But how could you know I wasn't ready? You were only my trainer. Don't hold somebody else back just because I'm disgusting for life. Days later, Big Willie fights another chump. Go get him, Willie. I dropped the mother... I'm ready for the big one now, Frankie. I think he's ready, Frankie. God, Eddie, gross. Cover that eye or something. Jeez, we're gonna need a couple more fights, Willie. Come on, Frankie. Sorry, kid. Two days later, Big Willie. Hey, man, thanks for training me all these years, but I can't keep waiting for my shot just because some dumbass messed up his eye and... So I just signed a deal with a new trainer. Suck my ass. Say what? Good luck, kid. The next day at the gym. Hey, that vag is using my punching bag. Relax, Frankie. I put it on there. I know. You're the sympathetic character in this movie, but I said no vag trains in this gym. Please help me, Mr. Bruno. I know I'm a stupid piece of trash, but I'm really sweet. I work hard, and I got a good punch. And you'd kind of make up for the fact 
that you're estranged from your grown daughter. Sorry, no veg. Two days later, Frankie and Eddie attend Maggie's fight. She's getting her ass beat, Frankie. Get your guard up, Maggie. Protect your left side. Maggie, get your guard up. Who is this idiot in her corner? I don't know, but she needs help. Get your guard up. Hey, is she your fighter, huh? Uh, uh... Hey, Frankie, is she your fighter? Yeah, I guess. Thanks, Mr. Bruno. I won't let you down. Just keep your guard up and give her a left-right combo. And the winner is... Maggie! <laughs> I'm so excited. You're training me. Okay, look. Two things you have to do. Do exactly what I tell you. There better be no back talk. I don't want my knowledge questioned by some veg. And second, keep your guard up and protect your side. I'll do anything. You won't regret this. Three victories later! Let's go, Maggie. Hit her hard and knock her out. Okay, Mr. Bruno. Hit her hard. Uh, uh. Hit her harder, Ooh. Maggie. Ouch. Knock that veg out. Oh, Good job, Maggie. Let's go visit my embarrassing white trash family. 24 hours later. Hi, Mom. I'm sorry, I know you're my daughter, but what's your name again? It's Maggie, Mom. And I'm an undefeated boxer now. Yeah, whatever. You got a light? <laughs> Mom, I'm an undefeated boxer. How butchy. No wonder you ain't knocked up yet. Mom, I got a wonderful surprise for you. Don't tell me. You didn't get me no cotton of cigarettes, did you? No, Mom. Even though I never see you and you're the worst mom ever, I used my life savings to buy you a house. That's the most stupidest thing you've ever done. What will the welfare people say if they find out? And just think of all the cigarettes that would have bought. Damn you, whatever your name is. Months later, Maggie fights in Las Vegas for a million dollars. Hence, million dollar baby. I've got something for you. Oh my God, it's a robe. With your stupid Gaelic nickname on the back. You're like the father I never had, Frankie. And getting close to you helps relieve the guilt of the bull non-existent relationship I have with my daughter. Now if I can win this fight, you can get over the guilt of Eddie's gross eye. And tie this movie up in a nice red bow. And Maggie and the Black Bitch are really exchanging blows here. And that's the end of the round. And the evil Black Bitch throws a vicious haymaker after the bell. <laughs> Nails Maggie. She's flying in slow motion. Looks like her head is gonna hit the chair. Oh no! Her head hits the chair. Oh my god, she's a quadriplegic. And she loses the fight. Tough break for the white trash waitress. Later at the hospital. Where's my piece of family? Uh, they're taking in a little Disneyland on the way here. I lost the fight. And I didn't exercise my guilt over moving Eddie along too fast. Even though if this were even remotely realistic, that veg would have been disqualified and you'd be the champ. And now you're stuck with me in this hospital. What kind of doctors work out here in the sand? We're gonna take you to some real doctors. Any idiot knows a good doctor can unparalyze a patient. What's the big deal? Hi, Maggie. Thank God my family is finally here. I'm sure they'll come for me. Even though they've never been worth a before. Maggie, you totally up. You gotta sign over power of attorney so somebody irresponsible like me can handle your affairs while you can't move. Put the pen in her hand. I think paralyzed people can still sign. Come on, Maggie, sign it. We didn't come all the way from Disneyland just to watch you not move. Sign it. Put it in her mouth so she can make a mark. Uh, 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 make a mark. Come on, we need the cash and you can't spend it on your back. Come on, make a mark, sis. Get the f out of here. Frankie, come here so I can whisper in your ear to euthanize me. You mean assisted suicide. Okay, Maggie, you're gonna fall asleep and then you'll stop breathing. Nice fight for a vag. Here I am, Morgan Freeman, narrating again. Just like driving Miss Daisy, Shawshank Redemption, you name it, I narrated. 
Frankie shot her up with four times the adrenaline she needed. And although he didn't do much right, he f***ed up my career. Screwed up Maggie's. Didn't get Willie his title fight. Was a whore daddy. He did get the assisted suicide thing right. Since then, he never came back to the gym. Thank God for that. Hey, oh, yeah.